from downtown, this is Tim Kitsar from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, we have Nate Pressel here to talk to us about Nintendo games, and we also have impressions of Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light. Like I said, I don't know any Steves. I gotta recalibrate my brain now. Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 249. Mm-hmm. Your place for, nin- for Nintendo news from Nintendo fans like yourselves, which is us. We're here again. Another another week to bring you more shit from last time. Rapidly uh, approaching that uh, quarter of a grand episode. Yeah, yeah, 250 next week. We'll, we promise we'll bring so you close. some sort of interesting thing for that. But we are your hosts. I'm Trey Got Hacked Johnson. I'm Jeremy, eighth time's the charm, Mikowski. I'm John, the Dream Master Knitter. And this week we have a special guest. Nate Urbosa Fanboy Pressler. Urbosa? I think uh, I recognize that name. I know who that is. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, Nate. Welcome to the show. How, how's it going, man? Thanks. It's going great. It's uh, We're getting some San Antonio winter, so it's like 60 degrees. Um, so got to put a jacket on. Okay. Are you, I'm getting a San Antonio winter over here in, in the Long Beach, California. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> Definitely, are, very cold. Are you are you in San Are you in San Antonio then? Yep, Ohio born and raised though, so I have felt the winter cold. My car has felt the salt in the winter okay. um, as well. So nice. Yeah, I forget to I forgot to ask where you were. Where you were? Trey at. and I are from Illinois, so yeah. Okay, right there in the heart of the snow country. I figured yes. I figured you were close because you said said you were on Central Standard Time, right? Or is that a yep? Just it falls in the line, just souther than here. And uh, you're on you're on Borderline Entertainment, right? With the uh, with Asa Green Green River, friend of the show. Yeah, that's correct. He's he's been on he's been on a couple times, and all that stuff. Uh, what have you? Fantastic dude. Oh yeah, he's great for sure. Is there anything in particular that you want to talk about involving that show before we get into the games? Yeah, so I, um, being a big Nintendo fanboy, I'm really excited with a lot of releases that have come out recently. I just published a review for Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. We're going to be talking about that this weekend, and then we're going to be talking about some other games that are out on the Switch as well in the coming months. Cool. Nice. So yeah, Borderline Entertainment. I'll leave like a link to it in the description so people can find it and all that stuff. But uh, let's start off the show as we normally do and talk about the games we've been playing, games that we bought. Since you're our guest this week, why don't you start it off and talk about what you've been doing? Yeah, so I currently right now am playing Immortals Phoenix Rising on the Switch. Um, I'm about 11 hours in and have completed like the first main quest. It's really fun. I understand why people are comparing it to Breath of the Wild, but I'm far enough in it that I think that it is different enough. And even this might get my Nintendo card revoked. 
there are some quality of life improvements to Breath of the Wild. Oh yeah. Whoa. Um, yeah, which I hate Uh-oh. to say out loud, but can't break the weapons. <laughs> um, no, no breakable weapons, and you can eat these wonderful stamina mushrooms as you're climbing or gliding or anything that would normally cause me to plummet to my death. Oh, do you have, do you have like anti-rain climbing gear? So there is actually no rain. So okay. I had to, yeah, yeah, I haven't had to make it halfway up and then see the little raindrops come by on the Sheikah slate. And there's no rain in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> Only, only sun, but yeah, no. So I've been playing that. It's, it's fun. It's lighthearted. It's kind of crass, but like, welcome to Greek God stories. Um, they all have some dark paths there. And then I am also going through Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. So I have beaten the full game. I need to finish the post game though. Uh, there's a lot to kind of get done to get that post game cutscene. That game is truly spectacular. If you haven't played it yet, it's just what they did to build on the world of. Hyrule that was in Breath of the Wild, what they did to build on the original Hyrule Warriors. It's just like one of the best games that I've played in probably the last five years. Oh wow. I pray as well. Does it have uh does it have all the extra stuff on there like uh like the other Hyrule Warriors did? Where there's like a bunch of other because that because that was just like overflowing with gameplay, the first Hyrule Warriors was. There's like so many different modes you could do. And it had like the map that was like the same, you know, was set up like the NES map and and you could go and do like different missions like based on that. Is there anything like that in this one? So less of like an homage to all of the pieces of Zelda, more like you're given the Breath of the Wild map and there are a million quests you can do. Some are like fetch quests where it's like you just have to have certain items and things like that. And you get this nice little, oh, thanks so much kind of like text mm-hmm. message you can read. Then there are ones where you have to go in and you have to be certain characters. I don't want to spoil all the characters that can unlock, but there are some unique ones in there. Um, and you can play as them. You can play as other people. There are timed challenges, again, just like the original one, but it is more cohesive and more tied to what we've learned in the fabric of Breath of the Wild. And, and there's a lot of unlockable characters, right? Like there's a, is there, could you say the number of them? You don't have to say what they are, but is it like 20 or less or what do you I think, think? There are 18. Okay. Okay. They, they have found by data mining three or four more. Okay. That um, people haven't even found yet. Yeah. That, that could be DLC. I could see them doing some DLC, but again, it's one of those things where it's like, you almost kind of rogue one it like where's the DLC to where it like lines up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I was wondering cuz yeah, the the Hyrule Warriors one, the original one, I played that one on Wii U and I just went and got the season pass. There's not a season pass for this one though, is there? There can... hasn't been one announced. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they do something similar to Breath of the Wild with the Champions Ballad and the Master mm-hmm. um challenge, but nothing yet so far. Um I, I'm thinking maybe we'll get something as a tie-in to Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah, yeah. Which could be pretty sweet, but it's fun. I would say check it out. There were a lot of people who were stressed about it because of what happened in the demo. And they're like, oh, this can't be canon and all, all this stuff. And it's like, just enjoy it. Like, the world's falling apart. Enjoy a fun game. Sure. I, I found- what was it that they didn't like in the demo? So in about the first minute and a half, there is a little, that little egg guardian, mm-hmm. yeah, most yeah. thing in the world, um, time travels back to before everything kind of falls apart. And that just 
it was very polarizing. Some people were super happy about it. Some people were like, oh, I'm writing Nintendo a letter to add to my other letters to Nintendo. So does that imply <laughs> it might be like a different timeline? Yeah, well, that's that's what I was thinking, that maybe it would have a different ending because of the time travel being involved with it. Is there anything you can say about that without like spoiling it completely, I guess? I don't know. Um, I'm turning I, my volume down on my headphones right now. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, I want, I don't say, want it to be spoiled either. I'm just curious. I will say that it is true to the spirit of Breath of the Wild and the characters that were introduced, and it is a really good time that adds more meat and context to what we played through the first time. Yeah. That's, it, that's what my my lawyer would approve. Oh, sure. <laughs> I, I, I thought that, yeah, that maybe the time travel thing could give them the option to maybe create a different ending to where, like, maybe doesn't maybe everybody doesn't die at the beginning because that's what would happen anyway, you know? Maybe it can make it a little bit nicer make where it's like hey you beat the game oh everybody's dead now you you <laughs> you you uh you fucked up here's uh you know here's here's the next you know it, it'll move move on to the game you already played because you know everybody's gonna die so it's always kind of it would suck if everybody would just it's, go at the end it's just it's like a happy nice. ending and at the end there's like a like when they show like the the little post credits like these people got married and were happy ever after whatever it's just like everybody <laughs> died after this <laughs> yeah it's like when I played uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses and had permadeath on, and at the end it was like, "Here are all the people that died in your game," and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> no, I only kept like only like four you, of them lived." Oh, so you let like you let people Academy die? Or something. You, you let I did because I didn't. It was so full disclosure. That was my first Fire Emblem. Game. I was gonna say, shame on you. I guess you didn't know. I've never. Yeah. This this is probably the reason that I've never completed a Fire Emblem game ever. But I never let anybody die ever. So I'd always reset the game. Or I would reset the level whenever anybody died. So that's probably why I never beat any of them because I <laughs> just wouldn't let anybody die. And actually, in what was it in the GameCube one? I got all the way to like the second to the last level, and I realized that there was this character that I hadn't been using at all for the whole fucking game that I needed to be building up in order to get the good ending, uh-huh. and I couldn't do it, and I'd have to start <laughs> oh, the whole no. game over. So I so I stopped playing, and that was that. That was that game. I was like, nope. You still have that <laughs> game. I do still have that game. Yeah. Nice. I, I've thought about trying to play it again. I think, I mean, I have played it since. I just haven't played through it. I, I did. I did try to start playing it again one time, and I played through like the first few chapters. But and I still think it's good. But yeah, fucking, you have to build up all your characters because like this one dude, his, you know, the one guy's sister was like a healer, and I just didn't. I just had no interest in healers. I was just like, fuck that. So I never used her for anything. <laughs> and in like the final level, you have to like. She has to withstand a whole bunch bunch of damage, so you would have had to like heal, like level her up and like change her class and all that stuff. And I didn't do that, so I was like, "Oh fuck!" So now I can't get, so I can't get the I can't get this extra guy, and I can't get this 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 other ending. And I just was like, "Uh, I just don't want to be like I don't want to be the wrong way." So yeah, so you got to be. I mean, a lot of those, and we'll talk about it later once we start talking about the NES or the Famicom Fire Emblem that came out last week. But a lot of those games you need you need a guide for. To tell you, like, oh, by the way, this guy, you have to talk to him with this specific character to get him, get him in your party or whatever. Like, even in, even in the GameCube one, you still had to do that, where you had to have somewhat of a guide to know, like, who to recruit and all that stuff, which I kind of miss, but I also kind of don't miss for, for three houses. But no, that sucks that you had to let anybody die. <laughs> no one told me, no one warned me. They were like, it's so fun. It's going to be part school sim, part dating sim, part tactics. And I was like, this is great. I'm into it. No one's going to die. And then I got to like the last part. I, I did the blue lion one and I got to the last part and I was just like, there's no one left. Oh, wow. And it, was just, 
it was not ideal. <laughs> oh, because I, I was like, you didn't try to, because I know there's like a rewind function on there too, on the on the Switch one, where you can go back a few turns and try to keep everybody alive. Like that really helps a lot. Like I, I was fucked from that. That was that was my own. I didn't use it because I didn't I didn't comprehend yet until like halfway through the game, and I was like, well, I lost all my favorite people. They keep showing up in cutscenes, but they're dead, so I'm confused. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that that's the worst. I was wondering if they still did that because yeah, they do that on the Game Boy one. The Game Boy Advance one was the first one that I played, and that's still like one of my favorites. But I never let anybody die. But I heard that if you die, if you let them die, they still like talk. They're like still in the cutscenes, but you just can't use them. So they so they kind of like rub it in your face, I guess. <laughs> it's like you killed this guy, but he's still going to be in the story. You just can't use him for any of the levels. So it's like, what the fuck? So yeah, I would always I would always just have to restart from the beginning on that one. And I almost beat that one too on the Wii U, like on the Virtual Console, because you can do like a save state thing with that. But I kind of I fucked up, and like one of the levels where you're supposed to go buy new weapons, I didn't do it, and I thought my weapons were fine, and then all my weapons broke in the next level, so I don't have any weapons, so I can't fight anybody. So it's like, so I kind of screwed myself over on that one too, because I'm because I can't do anything other than start the whole game over because I'm only saved in that chapter, you know. So I've been all about screwing myself over in Fire Emblem for years. But you enjoyed it, right? Aside from losing all of your people in the game. Yeah, I actually, so I started it up with Edelgard's storyline because I know that she has a split. And so there's the one split I want to do. And then I'm also, every once in a while, I'll boot up the DLC campaign. I haven't beaten that campaign yet, but. Yeah, because there's like a fourth, there's a fourth house also, right? In the DLC one. Yeah, it's weird. It's like a basement house. Yeah, it's like, like a, a basement house that nobody knew about. Yeah, you know, is what I heard of. I never, I didn't beat three houses, but I did play it. I play, I play. I just started playing three houses. Yeah, Jeremy just Today, started. Pretty much, yeah. He just got it. It's it's fantastic. The only the only complaint I will have about that, which I think everyone has expressed it at one point or another, is that some of those cutscenes where they're talking. The background just says, oh, like, yeah, it looks bad. <laughs> I, I'm not, yeah. I could do that. And I don't know how to yeah. design video games. And it's like, yeah, maybe we fix that a little bit because there's no excuse. Like, Dragon Quest looks fantastic on the Switch, Breath of the Wild looks fantastic on the Switch. It's like, wow. Yeah. Just a little it, bit. You, you could tell there's like two different types of people in that game or like, like a two different models, I guess. You have like the models that are in those ones where they're just talking, you know, and there's like a flat background. And then there's the other ones that are actually like part of the story. And you can really tell the difference, you know, because it, yeah. Yeah, it does really look like it's just a flat picture behind them. And then and like all the candles are blurred and it's like, what's what's going on here? And then and then and then when it's like a more important scene, you're like, oh, well, they spent all the money on this one. But why do we still have this? Like, why is it? And it almost felt like it was like different models, too. Like like it was like lower poly or something for those. It's weird. The, the people in the boat in Spider-Man. <laughs> the people in the boat. They made a comeback in the remastered. That's what I heard. Yeah. Uh, is that the, what the PlayStation one? Uh-huh. The PlayStation 4 Spider-Man, like there is these like people that are off on a boat in the distance and they just have like four-sided faces pretty much. It's just really, really low like texture, low resolution texture faces. Uh. And they're like, kind of horrifying looking. Wow. Yeah, no, I have that game, but I barely played it. I bought it when it was on sale for like $20. But um, yeah, so Age of, the, Age of Calamity, you, you like that one? You recommend it to everybody? Oh, yeah. No, I, I think I gave it a four and a half out of five stars. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that is with every Nintendo game, when there's a lot of stuff on the screen, it just kind of like shuts down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, I think I'm doing something great. And then you come out of it and you're like, did I actually hit that person with what I was trying to hit them with? 
but that's par for the course. That, that's the big complaint that I've actually seen more than the time travel thing was a lot of people talking about like frame rate and frame rate issues. That seems yeah. to be what most of people are or ta- saying is bad about that game. Like I, I really haven't seen too many people complain about the little fucking guardian guy or whatever. So, but it's, but it's manageable for, for what it is. I would say so. Cause like it's, I don't know. I, I love Nintendo, but I don't play that game because it's high fidelity. I'm not like, Ooh, my 4k TV, everything looks so great. Um, but there are a couple times when, if you're like Urbosa and you are doing like a lightning attack and there's lightning everywhere, it just, it looks like, pokemon 1990s like seizure inducing pikachu Mm -hmm. um and there are a couple parts where you get to pilot the guardians which hot take was not that fun um and it just it slows down oh where you're actually like riding the giant beast oh that's too bad it looked like it was so much fun yeah so it's it is enjoyable the first time you do it and then you're like oh i have to do another mission where it's like kill forty thousand enemies in four minutes and you're like but I don't want to. Um, yeah, so it, it just it kind of gets a little bit more like a, you're on the rails, mm-hmm. which is fine. But in a game that's more fluid and you're running around and doing all sorts of things, um, I will say out of all the characters that there are um, in the original Hyrule Warriors, there were some characters that I wouldn't touch. Like Agatha, she didn't do it for me. She was not fantastic. Mm-hmm. Tinkle or Tingle didn't like that was. <laughs> I'm cool, but like not going to help me in like a battle. Every single character plays so fluidly and plays differently enough that I went back and like would replay missions. Oh yeah. A see what character. it was like to play as the specific person because I was like, okay, you, whenever you unlock someone, you have to do a training mission for them. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, you're stuck learning how to play as them. And every single time I was like, all right, I'm going to use you for the next like four missions unless I'm stuck with this one person because mm-hmm. it's their story. So yeah. it's, I mean, they did a really good job balancing it a little bit more and making every character's inclusion seem like it was supposed to be there um, and not just fan service. Yeah. I figured that's, that's like a lot of what uh, keeps those games fresh because a lot of the levels do kind of get a little samey after a while, but if you, but if you can change like different into different characters with different battle, mecha- battle mechanics, it kind of makes it more less boring. You know, that's, that's kind of yeah. what I would think on that. Yeah, no, I'm still kind of, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I don't, can't see myself spending like full price for it, but Maybe in the future I'll play it. I don't know. I it'll really, I, it'll yeah. go on sale. Like sure. I feel like it'll go on sale at like Best Buy or Walmart or Target um, next year. And then sometime. I would say anything like forty. Like their their Nintendo's notorious like thirty percent discount. Like anything that was like forty four or forty five bucks. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be worth it. I super fan was like I will pay whatever I need to pay. I'll buy an extended fancy edition to get just get the freaking game. But like, <laughs> sure, yeah. I think if you're kind of on the fence, I would wait until it has a little bit of a sale. Um, it'll be worth it. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I I liked I liked the the first Hyrule Warriors a lot, but it, also when I played it, there was nothing else happening. It was Wii U. There was really no other games. So that was the game that I was playing, so that's why I liked it. But yeah. right now, there's just like too much other stuff to play that I'm kind of like, uh, I, don't, I don't think I really need it right now. Definitely. Yeah, no, if you have a backlog too, it's mm. I have this mythical backlog, backlog that I say I always go through and always just add to <laughs> my whole life is a backlog one one <laughs> one big backlog <laughs> that's how i feel but uh yeah what about i mean phoenix rising like does that uh is it worth like the 60 bucks for that that seems as seems to be mixed reviews all over the place for that game from what i've seen so i i read the reviews i'm one of those people where i always say i'm not gonna let a review inform my purchase but you better believe and the embargo breaks, I'm always like, I need to know. Um, I will say that 
It it is. I also will say that I for some reason the on Amazon the Nintendo Switch version was ten dollars off to pre-order it to get it delivered the day it was mm. released. So I was like, all right, I'll do that because then it's like I don't have to get the digital download, pay full full sixty dollars. If I hate it, I can go sell it at GameStop. Sure. No, it's fun. It's fun. It's it's a it's a mixture of Breath of the Wild and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's compared to what I've seen with people on PC, what I've seen with PlayStation, Xbox, everything like that. It obviously does not look as good. It kind of cell shades it, makes it little, look a little like Studio Ghibli a little bit, but it's not bad. Like mm-hmm. it's fun to play. I haven't had any slowdowns where I'm frustrated. Um, it has that same kind of go explore and kind of go do what you do with breath of the wild where you're like that peak looks interesting what's mm-hmm. on it yeah or like that cave's cool let's go explore it and so there are times where i like i'll dick around for like an hour and a half while i'm like waiting to figure out what to do for dinner like on my lunch break or something like that i did play it for the first time recently on handheld and it actually performed really well mm-hmm. um it, it was a little bit smoother with texture um, it didn't drain my battery. I, like I expected after like an hour, it was going to be like, my battery is going to be down to like 40%. And it was, I mean, it was, it was wonderful. So I would say if you're on the fence, wait for that to go on sale. I'm looking forward to the season pass for that. Sure. Yeah. I just, because I what I think yeah. the base game is, is strong enough that I'm like, okay, I would pay 40 bucks for a season pass for this. Does the scope compared breath of the wild similar, but more manageable if that makes sense. Like the world is big and there are many peaks and many cliffs, but because of some of those quality of life things, like the little mushroom that you just have to click the right arrow. And then as you're like flying or as you're climbing, you can continue to do that. Hmm. It has made traversal so much easier. So it feels a little less daunting. Um, I do kind of feel like I'm cheating a little bit, but uh, I put 120 hours into breath of the wild. So I can cheat a little bit. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is and you saying it it runs fairly well for for being on Switch and all that? Yeah, it, I mean it runs like a Switch game. I in the comparison, I'm not seeing like the beautiful fire or the clouds the right way or the rain or the snow that shows up in cutscenes. But I'm not playing it to see like beautiful snow or beautiful rain or things like that. I'm playing it to kind of get a good story and really have that sense of uh, adventure, and, and I'm getting that. So, and it's and it's like straight up like Zelda, right? There's no experience points or leveling up or anything like that in there. There is, um, there's a skill tree that is really clunky and I just figured out how to use it after looking at a guide, um, which helps like, Hey, it it helps your attack go up with different weapons. It helps your flying. It helps your stamina. Your health can go up. Your health and stamina go up very similar to how they do in Zelda. Mm. You have to collect enough of something and then you go to a place and then then you trade it in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What I will say, the only thing that is not great and from this aspect is that you have to go back to the central hub. Like there's one place you have to go to, to do any kind of upgrade. Oh yeah. Like and that's, the... I mean, it's fine, but <laughs> I would rather it be buried in the menu that I could just do it on the fly. But I have to literally fast travel back and then fast travel back or fly or glide or jump back yeah. to where I need to go. Yeah. I mean, so, like, at least they don't have like some kind of outpost out in the field somewhere where you can go. It does the same thing. Is it only is it only one place? It's not like multiple places like Breath of the Wild where you just have to find that little statue and that's how you get upgraded. Yeah, I know it's it's like the Hall of the Gods and they're very excited about it and it's beautiful and it's imposing and you climb up and you're like, "Wow, it's great." But that's I have to go back to it now every time and then yeah. I lose my place. And if they had a little like marker like 
what the Breath of the Wild DLC did, where I could drop it and then travel to it. Oh, yeah. That's much easier. What I'll say that has made travel better is they're getting a mount is so much easier than trying to tame a horse. Mm-hmm. You literally go up behind it, press X, you're on it. Yeah. It's yours. You can hit X anywhere you are and it will pop up under you and you're automatically on it. Oh, that's cool. There are times that I will like glide down, hit X and then get onto my like unicorn <laughs> and ride off. And it's the coolest, like that's the most seamless thing is I can jump, fly, land on my horse and or unicorn or deer and just keep going. That's, that's cool. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, that'd be that, that'd be cool to screw around with, for sure. Yeah, I was I wasn't really sure about it because I didn't really know anything about it, and you know, it's starting to become like the time of Breath of the Wild clones. Like, it's got enough time for them to develop. Like after Breath of the Wild happened, it's like, oh, okay, that looks familiar. That looks familiar, and it's like, I don't I don't really look at reviews that much unless it's something like this that I just don't know anything about. Then then I'll look at reviews. If it's something that I know, I won't even I won't ever look at a review. I'll be like, oh, I, I know what that is. I don't need to know somebody else's opinion on it but for something like this i don't really know what it is so that's where i kind of and i don't even really fully read reviews i just kind of look at scores and stuff and be like "Mm." i've been following it because i'm a big fan of greek mythology uh so it just seemed like it was up my alley but i'm gonna wait for a price drop i think yeah the thing about ubisoft games is that they do go on sale they'll probably drop pretty quick pretty often and pretty pretty like yeah, quickly after release, usually. I mean, even yeah. even like the even like the fucking rabbits game is like they're practically giving it away. <laughs> I mean, it's I feel like it's yeah. been on the eShop for like ten dollars. Yeah, it's been on the eShop for like ten dollars, and it was and it was sixteen like pretty quickly after mm-hmm. it launched. So I mean, it's kind of kind of sad because it has Mario on there and all that. But yeah, I feel like they're just trying to give that game away. It's like here, take it. I have I have that game. I bought it when it was new, but it's like take it, somebody, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, and the thing too is like if you, if anyone is who's listening wants a Greek god fix for a much cheaper price, Hades is yeah. like my pick up and put down. Just yeah. whenever I have a free like twenty minutes to like have low self esteem, that is my game to play. Yeah, I saw, I saw that was on your list as well. I was going to transition, say so we could transition to Hades. I'm sure the, I mean, how is the writing compare between the two of them? I mean, is there even a contest between Hades and and Phoenix? Ubisoft, their game is like, and I mean this lovingly, is like a National Lampoon's movie, like Van Wilder, where it's funny, but it's funny in the sense that it like is easy to be funny. Mm-hmm. Hades is like very well done, where it's like wry and there's good humor, it's funny, it's serious. And the amount of because I think I've had like 40 runs now and haven't been able to get out. I'm not, I'm not very good at it. I love it, I'm not very good at it. Um the fact that they, every time you die, they like will re- reference how you died or it like builds on the story. It's just, it's more complex. And they did such a, you can tell that they like put their love really, really deep into that game. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy has been playing Hades for a long time. Like he, he beat it. And uh, I just, I just got it like during the black Friday week. Cause I had the sale and it was on, and it was at 20 again. So I just kind of started playing it. I think I've died like, Probably in the high twenties, maybe I think is I think is what it says. But yeah, I think it. Can yeah, I saw you put. Have you put some hours into it? Yeah, I've played it. I mean, I got to the third. I got to the third part again, like uh, for the second time, and I got to the boss on there, one of the bosses, and I died there. So I mean, and I figured out that I remember last week I was talking about like how you should be able to reload before you run out of bullets. I figured out how to do it, but it's really cumbersome where it is. 
Because you have to reload by clicking in the right stick, and that just doesn't feel right to me. It feels so weird. Oh, that would be like the only instance of using that. Yeah. It it just seems like a weird place to have it. It doesn't feel like, I don't know. I'm like, well, that's kind of. I didn't know that. I just figured it out. Yeah, I was like, oh, you can reload whenever you want, and you just have to click in the stick. But yeah, no, I'd I like always the- like to reload like right as I'm leaving a room or something, so mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. Well, I would do, you know, if it was like a shooter game, I would, you know, you know, you, you shoot one guy a couple times, then they'll dead, and then like reload, and then hit another guy and reload, and that's basically how I would do it whenever it's available. But it's still, the loading still takes a really long time, so it doesn't really help me that much on the on the gun front. But no, I, I mean, I, I like it. I've, I've still been still been trying to play through it. It's good stuff, and the this the style is really cool too. Like it's just it's visually really pretty to look at, and the I the gun is my weapon of choice too. And I will say that anytime I can get the boon that gets me the extra bullets and the quicker shot, is oh, just yeah, like yeah. lifeblood to me because yeah. it's the explosive like, shot's pretty nice too. Yeah, yeah, and it's good. It's good on the Hydra. Like that's the one mm-hmm. where the gun oh, is yeah. really okay. <laughs> this is where like yeah, the Hydra sucks. I was, yeah. yeah. And I like the, I I use the grenade a lot for that, for the, Mm. for the Hydra. I've gotten better at it. It's it's not as bad as it used to be. I I, I got through it pretty quickly last time I played Hydra. But for me, it was the gun. It was the gun, the gloves, and the spear were like the three that I really liked. I like that the spear you can throw and it'll come back like Thor's Mm. hammer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll like stop and like stick in the ground, but you just hit a button and it just comes right back to you. Yeah. It's really cool. (laughs) The spear's got some of the best boons, I think. Yeah, when it, like the first time I got really far in it was uh, when I got the spear, the three spear boon, mm-hmm. where you can do like three spears at once, and I'm like, this is awesome because yeah. I was like taking up like half the screen with with the killing people, and it was yeah, it was great. I haven't got it ever since, but I, I love that boon. I still dream about it. Hope that I'll get it back <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> I mean, I've got like the I got the bow and arrow one where you shoot like in various angles and there's like the rapid fire ones too where you can't charge but you can shoot really quickly like those are fun too for i just figured out you can upgrade each like level Mm -hmm. of 80s and get like the fountains and like other things and i was like oh so this whole time i could have been like helping myself every Mm -hmm. time and wasn't and it's it's made the game much easier but i'm still i can't get past the when it's the guy and then like the 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 minotaur mm-hmm. i cannot get past it when it's both of them that's I, the hardest part of the game i think okay so if you can get past that there's like a little bit of hope yes okay. i think i got to I would the say yes i think is that in the third part the minotaur mm-hmm. guy yeah i think that's like a, battle the minotaur guy and then later at the end you battle him and then someone else at the same time oh, okay yeah theseus I, I got to i got to just the minotaur and that was and that was as far as i got i got to the minotaur and then i died so but that's as far Sometimes as I've gotten on the whole thing. The Minotaur by himself, you just gotta not go into the doors with the like the skull on it. Mm. Like that's- once you a few rooms into the uh the third section. Oh but yeah. Sometimes you'll you'll have no choice. It'll be the only door you can pick. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant. Like it like down in the corner, right? On the bottom there's like a little mm-hmm. skull. Yeah, I, I, I'm still That usually means a mini boss. Oh, okay. I, I still didn't really I don't really know what all the icons mean. I, I figured I mean I can kind of tell, you know, I obviously like one is like a key and one is like money and one is mm-hmm. like, you know, up your life and all that. But sometimes it'll be like, like there's one, I think in the, the, the second level where it's just a bunch of the wizard guys. And that's considered like a mini boss. Cause they're really hard. Cause mm-hmm. it's called a witch's circle. I think that's what he calls it. But, uh, usually it's a mini boss of some form. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. 
But no, it, yeah, it's still cool. It's and and yeah, like, like you were saying, it's it's one of those things where it's like, well, you know, I got I got an hour, I could like try to blow blow through it again, and just like you know, it's it's really addictive to play it. It's like, well, I could. I was thinking like last night when I was playing, uh, I I beat I beat a game, and then I was going to play Fire Emblem for a while, and I was just looking at Hades, and I was like, well, I could turn Hades on and try that for a while, but I didn't. I went and did Fire Emblem instead, just for the for the show. I saw you have a you got a prediction on here for the for the game awards for tomorrow. Oh, I'm hopeful. Yeah. Um, I, in the spirit of Bayonetta being my favorite witch, I'm really I'm booting up Bayonetta two. I'm really hopeful that three years after the original announcement for Bayonetta three, where it looks like she's not going to make it out, we get a 2021 release date in February or March. Sure. And yeah, then- they haven't they haven't talked about that for a long time, and you know, and it was a long because didn't they? Uh, didn't they announce that and they like dropped the uh, DLC or the second DLC for Breath of the Wild like in the same show of that year? Yeah, of the I think so. Game Awards? Yeah, I yeah. Think yeah. yeah. And, and they said, I, I will, I think Platinum said maybe a year ago at this point now, time's a flat circle because of COVID, but that they're like, hey, Bayonet is fine. Bayonet is not being canceled. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yep. Still there. Yeah. Announced and released Astral Chain in the span of when you first announced Bayonetta three to now. Where is Bayonetta three? Yeah, they just kind of they just kind of skipped it. They were like, "Oh yeah, Astral Chain," which was cool. I still need to beat that one too. But it was like, uh, it's like Uh, what happened to what happened to Bayonetta? I'm really curious. I just saw uh, IGN like posted an article saying that that they were saying that there's going to be like 12 to 15 games that haven't been seen yet, like being shown at the Video Game Awards. It's I think funny. a lot of them are going to be PS5 and Xbox games. Well, I mean, for sure. I mean, that just goes without saying. But they are, they still do a lot of Nintendo stuff, though. They've done shadow drops yeah. for years. Like some of the very first footage of Breath of the Wild was shown at game at the Game Awards. So I mean, it's don't don't discount Nintendo for it. Like they'll definitely have something. And it, it and I I bet anything there'll be some sort of shadow drop thing. I don't expect it to be like a full game, like Bayonetta three. But I think there'll be something. Maybe, Maybe I mean, Persona five. Oh, Persona 5. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I am holding out hope because if I'm going to play Persona 5 Strikers, I need to somehow know how to play the... I need to know what happens in the first game. I'm watching the anime because I don't have a PlayStation or an Xbox right now. Um, and so I am like, maybe they'll drop that so we can get really excited for that. But I mean, maybe we'll get some Metroid Prime news again to get our hopes up and then down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, at, least we know, at least we know that they've like... We've had some sort of news, if even if it's nothing concrete, just so we know that they rebooted the whole thing and that they've hired some big some big names to like help out make the game. Like it would make sense. Know something's happening. Yeah, because a bunch of the news did come out over the last couple of weeks, and so it makes sense for them to take the game more and be able to sort of put all that together into some kind of cohesive news nucket. Yeah, that comes from Nintendo. I, really I mean, N- Nintendo like definitely. I mean, they still cons- they considered an event because they that was when they announced. Speaking of Persona, that was when they announced Joker was during uh, the Game Awards as well that year. So I mean, they're definitely gonna they're gonna there's gonna be something from them happening. Are you guys doing like a stream of it or anything like that, or are you just watching it on your own? We're gonna do a reaction of it, um, but I, in terms of like some of those announcements, I'm thinking like. Are they going to announce a new Super Smash Brothers fighter? Is this the right time mm-hmm. to announce a new Super Smash Brothers fighter? So it's it's going to be an inter- interesting interesting Thursday, I'll say. 
I, I think there's a good chance of a new fighter just because when was uh when was fucking Black Boy? When when that wasn't that far that long ago, right, Steve? I mean I feel that? like I feel like it was a way it was it was enough time has passed since they announced since well I guess I don't know. I don't need like you said, time is a flat flat circle. I have no idea when Steve was announced. But I feel like it was long enough ago that they could announce another one in their in their past. And it won't it doesn't even have to be available. They could just like show the character. You know, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. Or even like you're talking about like a possible like DLC for Age of Calamity. That could be a thing too. Who knows? You know, they could they could drop that as well. It'd be like here it's out an hour. I don't know. I don't I, know I where I read that announcement though. I could yeah, see I, it I for, for sure. Because at this point, they can't say, like, oh, coming, you know, in September of next year or whatever. Like, if they're going to announce anything about it, it has to be within a two- or three-month release window. So I think, like Nate was saying, you know, February, March next year. Sure. Yep. That seems, yeah, I don't know. That seems Before pretty, the end of the pretty early. Year or whatever. But, yeah, yeah. Maybe March March 31st. <laughs> like, every, when they're <laughs> ending everything else, they'll, they'll start that. I can't remember where I saw it, but I saw that somebody, uh, somebody, I think it was on Twitter somewhere where they were like, they're bringing Reggie back because they're finally going to announce Mother 3. He's, he's going to have like, <laughs> the honors of doing it. Oh, the people that are still holding on for that Mother uh-huh. 3 news. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah it's what like, is he going to announce? What do you think? Reggie? Mother 3. Yeah. I think he's just going to come three. out and just present something. I don't know. He's just going to be like, hi, I'm Reggie. Yeah. Yeah. Here's an award. Fuck you. The I Bigfoot don't know. pizza game. <laughs> yeah. I think Maybe he, he'll wear another Metroid shirt just to f with everyone. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's going to be weird because it's you know it's all it's all online, so it's not going to be in like a big theater like it's been before. Mm-hmm. So how are they going to do like the? Are they going to still going to do like the video game music performances and all that stuff? Like I always thought that was like a really cool part of it. They could you be know, like, Sa- they have, like like the whole Sakurai band. Was, yeah. What was that one video where Sakurai had like the yellow and purple chair behind him or something, and people were like. That means Waluigi's coming. <laughs> I remember that. Like every every single presenter could have like weird cryptic things in the background. Yeah. Just to like to fuel the frenzy of internet rumors. I just hope there's a whole lot of drunk people just saying nonsense, like uh <laughs> like it like it has been before. Like that one guy. I forget what his name was, but there was one guy that was drunk one year that was just talking about how like video games are better than movies and everything else. And he was totally wasted. I don't know. I don't, remember that. I don't know if you remember that, but that was pretty hilarious. Yeah. But no, I I'll, I'll be watching it. Uh, we're we're not gonna stream it, but I'll definitely check it out, and I'm excited. I'm planning on like probably getting whatever they announce, whatever they drop from Nintendo with within reason. I don't want 100 percent say I'll get whatever it is, but I you know I'm really interested. If it's something I can buy, I'll buy it and play it on Twitch that night. Is my plan, unless it's something what that they I the completely Tony Hawk hate. Remake for Switch, that'd be cool. Yeah, that, I was I thinking it. about that too. That would be great. I was like, I would buy that and play it right then. That would be great because I. I kept holding out on the PS4 one. I never actually got it. So I feel like they, for a minute, I was like, oh, they'll announce, they'll shadow drop the Pokemon Snap game. But I feel like they're going to save that for next year just mm-hmm. because next year is yeah. like Pokemon Celebration. But I mean, next year is going to be a big year for Nintendo fans because we have the Pokemon Celebration and then we also have The Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. So I feel and like. Metroid. And Metroid. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be like a boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Well, they also have, they have, I mean, I don't think they're directly nintendo well there's the there's the remake of 3d world but they also have there's a lot of games coming out at the first part of next year like back to back like especially like stuff that i like a lot of rpg stuff like there's bravely default 2 and like uh, shin megami tensei 3 and like and the monster hunter they're like all coming out like within a week of each other so it's going to be really hectic not to mention like you know a bunch of other indies and such and and the mario 3d world remake so 
or re-release. So there you go. But yeah, no, I'm excited to see what they do on there for sure. Yeah, um, I, I doubt that they would just do uh, Pokemon Snap out of nowhere. I feel like they want to like build that up a little bit, but there still might be like. You know, there could be like some addition to the Super Nintendo online ser- to like the Nintendo Switch mm-hmm. online service. Like maybe some there more Super Nintendo system. games or something, or maybe Game Boy. Or they could, I could see them doing something like that. You know, dropping that in there. I think they're going to drop something. That's, that's well, last we were talking about their red icon getting updated. I'm wondering yeah. if they're readying it so it's more easy for you to get access to GameCube, Nintendo mm-hmm. 64, different things like that. So that I yep. feel like that could be. With more things in that, it would they might be like, oh, now it has to be more accessible. So mm-hmm. it looks dumb right now. Sure. More useful, I'll use it. <laughs> I like it. I like that you can look at it and you don't have to close whatever game you're playing, and it does help you play like the events, which I which I played for Tetris 99 this weekend, which I would not have even known about it if it wasn't on there. So that's true. I, it's better than the news channel. I think I think it helps you inform inform you on events better than that. And it's and it makes it kind of easier to get to specific. It'll be like, oh yeah, there's that game on Super Nintendo that I want to play, and it'll take you right into the app. You know. Is there anything else you want to say about what you've been playing? Um, Really, it, it's just been that. I am taking my time with Phoenix, because I don't have any games to play that I like am looking forward to until, oh, sure, yeah. until the Mario release in February for the 3D World mm-hmm. re-release. I'm very excited about that, because they have online co-op. Which I think is going to be a big deal because yeah, my yeah. brother, we played it on the Wii U. Obviously, now we're like states and states apart, so this could be a really cool thing. But yeah, no, I'm trying to take my time a little bit now, just because I played through everything. I cannot find a PlayStation Five for the life of me, <laughs> so I'm just going to wallow in my backlog. <laughs> you, you could buy some. You could, you could buy some new Apple uh, headphones for the same price if, if you wanted. <laughs> if, you're, if you're looking True. to, if you're looking to waste five hundred dollars, you could uh, do that. <laughs> <laughs> And they're ugly. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're pretty dumb. It's like a AirPods Max or otherwise known as regular headphones, but still, right. but probably still no headphone cord because they're assholes like that. <laughs> they're, like, <laughs> they're like still still no co- headphone cord for you, which would work well, okay. for anything else other than their stuff. So I think they're gonna have like a giant them. box that it charges inside of. Well, did you see its carrying case? It looks mm-hmm. like a purse, a leather no, purse that also kind of looks like a leather bra. And like oh. the handle is I've seen it. onto like the headphone part. Yeah. It's, it's, wow, we live in the future. It's dumb. Yeah. It's like yeah. Gary Zena, girl of the 21st century. I'm not into it. I had to have some sort of jab in there toward, towards Apple, so those giant, <laughs> giant, giant headphones. I mean, I have a, I mean, you can get really good wireless headphones for like $100. I use them all the time. They become like my quarantine friend when everyone else is asleep. And that's, I'd wear, yeah. wear those, help them. I'm still looking at the pretty good. Wireless headphones. So do those function as wireless and wired headphones, John? They do. It's not Bluetooth or anything. There's a little uh, dongle you can plug into anything. But is that like, like a or an eighth inch jack you've plugged into it now that yep. makes it mm-hmm. like a normal headphone? Okay, cool. My my headphones do the same thing. The Sennheiser ones that I got. I don't have them in here, but yeah, there's a there's a cord that plugs into it, and you plug that into something, and then it's a regular headphone, and it just has a button on the side that you hold, and it's synced. I have it synced to my TV and my phone so i just like turn off my phone and just turn on the tv bluetooth and it'll automatically sync to the tv so that's how i do it between the two of them and it works really well and i use it all the time for like podcasts and or just to hear the music of video games through the headphones 
which sounds really good on this other game that I got. So what was it last week? We we talked about what games we got for Black Friday and all that, the Black Friday week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get all my GameStop stuff in the mail. It's been almost a week, and I only got half of it. And Did you, you call them or anything? I haven't called them yet because it still says that it was that it's in transit somehow. It's been like stuck in Chicago for like eight days. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, so something must be happening. Yeah, on a local level. but it does show up as two separate units. It's not like yeah, it's two, one it's, order and okay, got it, it. It's two different deliveries, and I keep checking the tracking. And they were so FedEx brought. So I got Doom Eternal last week, right after we recorded on Thursday. I bought it. I bought the Black Friday week thing for GameStop. I got it for fifteen dollars. Uh, it's it's out for Switch now, but I've been playing the PlayStation Four one, which I'll talk about it. But I pl- I bought that and I bought Star Wars Squadrons for PS4. And Squadrons has been MIA. It's if I look at and and the Doom got delivered by FedEx, and Squadrons is supposed to get delivered by UPS. So it's like they're even two different things. And on the UPS website, it says that it should be delivered by the second of December, which it didn't. But it also doesn't say that it was delivered. So it says that it's still in transit. It had the last update was from November 30th, where it says that it landed at a Chicago post office. Wow. And that's it. And then there's nothing. So I don't know. I was just, I don't know. I figured I'd get it this week, maybe. Because Jeremy, you said it took like five days between the two of yours. Yeah. About. Yeah, I got, so. the, first, yeah, I got the first package five days before uh, Fire Emblem, which I just got this past Sunday. Yeah. So it's been like it's been like six days since I got mine. So maybe it's just going to be seven. I don't know. I don't really. I mean, it, it says that it's somewhere. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's and I check. You know, I've checked the mail a bunch of times, and it would have said that it's delivered if it was delivered. But I never got that other one. But Doom Eternal, I started playing that on on the PS4. It's out for Switch now, like I said. And I watched some of the videos of it just to just to have an idea of how it was going to look on Switch compared to PS4. And it runs pretty well, but it's. You know, like, all the textures are gone on all the characters. Like, everybody looks, like, really smooth. You know, it looks like they're made out of clay, almost, because they're, <laughs> you know, because there's, like, no no extra detail on the characters. And also, they kind of, like, took out all of the draw distance in the backgrounds, so the backgrounds are kind of gone. Not as bad as it was on Mortal Kombat 11, but still, like, similar thing. You know, because I've been playing the PS4 one, and it's really cool. It's, a uh, it plays a lot, lot different, like, the, than the first Doom, so I understand why some people have maybe not been that into it. Because it's super platforming heavy in this one. And, you know, Doom used to not have a jump way back when. And now this one's like, I don't know, it almost kind of feels like a Quake 3. If you ever played any of the Quake 3 Arena stuff from the 90s. It's like that where there's like little jumps everywhere that you walk over that'll jump you to another thing. And you're expected to like shoot while you're in the air. And it's like they took all the multiplayer stages from the first game and they made them into regular stages for this one. So it's really... It's really more platformy than I would prefer, I guess, for a Doom game, but it's still fun. The sound, the the sound is really, really good. I've been playing it on my headphones for the immersion, and and like the way the guns sound when they shoot sound like really good. Like they record really well. There's some really cool like uh, satanic chanting in there, which is pretty dope. Like I'm, I'm into that. Mm-hmm. Like these uh, churches and people like uh, singing songs and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it kind of it almost kind of almost feels like a Metroid Prime game. Because you like have a ship that you go to, and then you go to like different like different parts of the planet and stuff. It's almost kind of it's weird. It does kind of feel like a Metroid Prime Doom game, 
It's strange. It's like almost Metroid Prime 4. And I mean, it's still like super bloody and all that. And you're still like killing everything. But there's still like once you beat a level, you go back to your ship and you can like upgrade yourself with the ship. And the ship like transports you to another part of the planet and you go to another thing. So it does kind of feel like, I don't know, like Metroid Prime. And there's, and like I said, there's jumping and there's different like, there's different stuff that you unlock that'll help you get to other things later. And it's, it's weird, but it's, it's fun. I mean, it's great for 15 and I'm definitely going to play. I'm definitely going to beat it. And anybody who held out for it on switch, I think it's good. I mean, it sucks that it's full price, but it's still, I mean, it was still a game that came out this year. It's not that old, you know, it's only like eight months old or whatever. So I don't blame them for still charging 60 bucks for it. But, but if anybody's been waiting for it on the switch, I think it's worth getting just because it's fun. Just expect that it's going to look like the other one did, you know? It's going to look a little bit a little bit less but still super playable. Like friend of the show, I know uh who's he's been on the show a few times, John Wedgeworth, he got it and he was really really into it. So, you know, for people who like want the want the portability of Switch, it's there. So, and it's still, you know, it's still a good game. I mean, it's uh I've been having a lot of fun with it. So, is it accessible if I've, you've never played a Doom game before? I mean, how many... Yeah, sure. I mean, you, you play first-person shooters, right? Or, well, I guess it depends on which ones you play. Because I, I don't like, like, Call of Duty games or, like, stuff like that, you know, that's more online. But I was... I, I grew up on, like, PC first-person shooters like Wolfenstein and Blake Stone and stuff like that. And, you know, Doom 1 and 2. And, and it's kind of Counter-Strike. a... I never played Counter-Strike. What you didn't play it on the land network at school? Never played it. No, never oh, never played Counter Strike ever. The only thing I played online at school was uh, Star Wars Jedi Knight Two, the one before uh, Jedi Jedi oh, Outcast. I played that a little bit. I played that online, but yeah, just a little bit, just because my roommate had it and I played his copy of it. But yeah, no, I mean it's cool if you like. Uh, like I said, if you like uh, kill everything first person shooters, as we call it. It's fun. It's not. I mean, it'll tell you how to play. Like it, it has like tutorials and stuff. So, and there's no sort of Doom canon that you're missing out on. By no, I mean, there's not really that much of a. There's not really that much of a story. There wasn't really much of one in the first one. And if there was, I didn't really pay attention to it. I just wanted to kill demons. But they, but they laid on thick pretty early. So, I would recommend everybody playing it on easy mode because I started playing it on normal and I got to the point where I just couldn't progress anymore so thankfully you can change the difficulty whenever you want so i I put it back to easy mode or i put it on easy mode because i'm like there's no way there's too many because at the end of the first doom like in the last couple levels they basically like just throw you every demon they can just like over and over and over again and i feel like they start doing that earlier in this game like in like the second level they're already like oh here's 20 demons uh figure it out you know (laughs) you know try to kill them but you know it's fun i mean if you like uh if you like frantic shooter stuff I was so, like, it, it, I don't know, it messed up my mind so much that I had, like, nightmares about Doom, like, the first time I played it. Because I played it for, like, five hours straight, and then I went to sleep, and I had, like, this stress dream of me, like, jumping around trying to kill demons, and I was like, wow, okay. And I woke <laughs> up, and I woke up, and my heart was, like, beating, and I was like, well, maybe, maybe I should, it's like, maybe I shouldn't play that before I go to bed. And I'm like, but that's when maybe I Maybe it was the actual spiritual battle you don't ever see going on with the, <laughs> the demons around you. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't play that at night. And I was like, but that's my game time. I mean, I'm not going to like, <laughs> just like, I don't know. I've got, yeah, it, it is that it hasn't happened. Uh, hasn't happened. Re- hasn't happened after that. But that first night. Yeah. Like it, it affected me where I was having. Get up early, meditate, <laughs> have some really good lighting and then play it. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. Uh, the other night, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy and Shauna and Jess, we all played, uh, Jackbox games. Uh, we played on Saturday. We played, uh, was it three and seven? Seventh one you have, right? The new one. 
Mm-hmm. Jeremy. Yeah. Yes. After that, we were drinking and uh, I had I had some booze and I was like, uh, you know, we stopped playing around like three thirty and I ended up not streaming because we were hanging out and I was like, I want to play some games while I'm drunk, but I don't really need to think about. It. So I started playing uh, Yakuza Six, which I got for uh, it was it was on sale for eight dollars over over Black Black Friday week. And I found I got into like one of the weirdest experiences in gaming I've ever done. Uh, there, there's a side story in this game where you meet this guy who does uh, who's into online chatting with with like people, and he's like having trouble with his girlfriend because he's online chatting, and he decides that he just wants to break up with her and just online chat with people forever. And he teaches you how to online chat, and then you get the option to online chat, and it's really weird. You play like this mini game where you basically type stuff to this. This is an actual like person that's filmed, so it's live action. You like live chat to this person to like flirt with her on the internet. It was like so. I was like, Yakuza games have always been kind of weird, but this part was like too weird for me. I'm like, uh, I don't like this game. I don't want to play this anymore. But yeah, I ran into that for Yakuza that's Six, weird. which I haven't heard anybody mention that before. But it was really strange. It's like, yeah, you're you're on a message board and you hit like the you know you hit the PlayStation buttons to try to type out a response in time and she'll talk back to you. And then she like takes her shirt off and it's not like full nudity, but it's really weird and creepy. And everybody on the chat is like, Hey, we love you. And I'm like, this is not, I was like, this is a, not what I expected to happen in this See, game. That's not how I remember <laughs> online chatting working. <laughs> yeah. It was really weird. It was really, really weird. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. And I don't think you can, I don't know if you get anything from it, but I don't know interest in trying it again, but it was just a weird experience in gaming. I'm like, okay, wow, they got super horny with this part. Yeah, right. six is a fairly new game, right? I think it's like a, I think it's like a year old, maybe. It was mm-hmm. the last. It was the last of the Kiryu saga before they moved on to Judgment and Like a Dragon. So it was like that final story because there was but like. I'm just saying it's recent enough that it's fairly contemporary with what it's referencing. It's like a video. Yeah, it was the first kind of experience. I mean, it was the first Yakuza game that was made specifically for the PlayStation 4. All the other ones previous to that were made for the PlayStation 3, but were released on the 4 just because it takes a long time to translate the games from from Japan to here. So, like, that, the localization, all that takes a long time. So, so they came out way later. But, yeah, this was the one that was the specific PlayStation 4 one that has, like, no loading times, which is awesome. You can just, like, run right up to somebody and just start fighting them, practically. There's, like, a little second... Like half, like a millisecond for you before you start getting to beat them up. But you can, uh, you can like knock people into stores. Like you can, be, you can like chase people into like Seven Elevens and like blow up their hands in the microwaves and stuff like that. It's ridiculous. Cool. But uh, but it's all like completely seamless. Like you can take your fight. Like I didn't, I didn't realize that. Like I expected it to be like other Yakuza games. And like when I first started playing it, I was in this battle that I knew I wasn't going to win because I was about to ready to die. And I'm like, I'm going to run. I'm going to go leave these guys. Because, like, in the other ones, you could, like, leave the battle, you know, and then it would stop. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't run away from these guys. Like, I ran into a store, and they followed me into the store, and I had to fight them in the store. It was It's funny, because, like, you can't – there's, like, no way to escape the, the battle, because there's no actual, like, separate battle screen. So, I thought that was cool. But, yeah, the, the weird – the video chat thing was – was I wasn't into it. It was it was a really weird thing. There was a new there's a new Animal Crossing update trailer. I don't know if you guys watched that for the December stuff, but there's like uh they're selling toys in in the in the shop now like Christmas toy stuff. It's supposed to be uh the the snow is supposed to happen soon. It's actually supposed to start snowing on the 11th. December 11th. And then the trees will start getting decorated on the 15th. So 
you can get specific. Uh, there's there's insects, the dung beetles. They push around the the snowballs. You can you can collect them once once it starts snowing. Yeah, <laughs> dung beetles. Well, they they push snow instead of you know the other thing. Dung. And uh, <laughs> and also like when they st- when the when the trees get decorated, you can shake them and you'll get ornaments and stuff from there. And I guess after you build a snowman, you can get DIY recipes from that also. But there's going to be the you know there's a New Year's thing, and I know uh, John mentioned it, but maybe we'll do a New Year's party or something like that if anybody wants to hang out in Animal Crossing for New Year's. I'll be there. Be we, fun. we could do that because I we, I did that a couple of years ago on the 3ds one. Jess and I did. We played Animal Crossing New Leaf on on a New Year's Eve one year because most of the time she has to work during that time, and it was like one night that she was off and I was bartending, but it, we weren't busy enough to have two bartenders, so I got off early. And we just played, I just had my shift drinks and played, and we played Animal Crossing in the bar, like a new leaf, like through, you know, we just went to each other's towns. So that'll be cool. I know there's like uh, fireworks and stuff, but I don't remember there's anything specific for the New Year's, but yeah, we have, I've still been playing that. I hadn't really played it much since Thanksgiving, but I started playing it again. I beat uh, I beat Abzu. That was my beat of the week. That's that cool underwater game that was on sale for like a dollar ninety nine on Switch. I don't know if you'd played that one before, Nate. And it's it's kind of older, so I thought maybe I you checked seen, it out. Seen trailers on it. I saw it was on sale. I should have picked it up. Um, it seems like it's very serene. It's it's nice. It's really if if you were ever a fan of the water levels from Mario sixty four, you'll uh, enjoy it. That's what it feels like. It feels like the Mario sixty four levels, except for you can't. You don't run out of air, you know, you just swim and and nothing can really kill you. Like nothing can hurt you. Nothing can kill you. And it's just kind of like you just traversing from one area to, to the next. And uh, less traumatizing than the Mario 64 water levels when you're really <laughs> bad at underwater controls. I like the water level. I mean, I played a lot of Mario 64 when it came out. So the water levels were kind of like the were, were the chill levels for me. Like I liked I liked going through there. But yeah, if you like 3D water stuff, it's really cool. And it's only like. I mean, I think it took me like three or four hours to beat. It's not that long, but it's really simplistic and it's really pretty, and the and the music's really good, and it's it uh, and, and it just feels like you know, feel it has like temples and stuff that you swim through, and it's really pretty. And there's even a part where you're in like sort of like this this like technical spaceshipy thing that kind of feels like Metroid Prime for a second. And yeah, if it's on sale for dollar ninety nine, I definitely definitely recommend it. But that was one I was. What's up? I'll add it to my wish list because Nintendo does a good job of saying, "Hey, this thing's on sale. Go buy it." Yeah, so. that, that, that's what I've been telling people. Mark everything down. Like, do the little heart on there because they'll email you and say, "Like, hey, uh, this thing that you have is on sale. You should check it out." You know, that's my first thing to check on the eShop. Look at the wish list, see what's on sale from yeah. there. And also, I get an email. You know, I have a lot of stuff on my e list uh, on my wish list, so they'll only they won't tell you everything. They'll tell you like one thing, and there might be like five other things that you have that are on sale. So it's always it's always good to check, especially if you're looking to buy something. You just go through like I did that one time where I just looked through my wish list and see what was on sale. I, I played I played the Tetris 99 Mario All Stars event. didn't didn't do very well. I felt like it was way harder than normal. I don't know if you ran into that, Jeremy, but I played it Thursday night and I was just getting my ass handed to me left and right. Like I was, I was sort of feeling the same way too. Yeah, I was finishing like in the 60 level, like 60 to 30. I guess I think I got I got to like the teens once. But most of it was like sixty to fifty, like where I where I ended up, and I felt like people were like hitting hard, like it was harder than. And also, I, granted, I haven't played it in a while, but it still felt a lot harder. I felt like I was getting I watched, getting attacked a lot. 
I definitely felt like it was harder, but then I watched Shauna play and she just wiped the floor with everyone like she always does. So <sighs> maybe for her, like it's just still easier, but she got her theme really quick. Like she got in the top 10 her first try, I think, and then it was mostly in the top 20 after that. Yeah, I think I was like 70 in the 70s the first time mm-hmm. I played it. I was like, fuck, Same. man. I'm getting, I'm getting my ass handed to me. I was like, I don't want to play anymore for a second there, but <laughs> I, I, no, just, I wanted, yeah. I wanted to get that theme, and I was like, I'm just gonna get, I have to get it tonight. You know, I'm, I'm setting the goal for getting the theme, and it took me probably about an hour. Yeah, it doesn't. It took me like thirty, probably like thirty, forty minutes, I think, to get it because I started getting better later. And if you just mm-hmm. play one after another and you keep getting points, you know, it's not that, it's not that bad. So I played that. But the big, uh, oh yeah, and also uh, my PayPal got hacked. I found out on that about that on Sunday. That was really weird. So after having like the weird chatting experience on Yakuza Six, I woke up with one hundred sixty-five dollars taken out of my account from PlayStation. I'm like, uh, I'm like, what, what was happened? your first thought that maybe you like <laughs> bought something and you forgot? I didn't buy anything though. I mean, I didn't. Right. Okay. I wasn't so like, I, I, I wasn't like blackout drunk or anything. I was just kind of tipsy and I just wanted to play something I didn't have to really think about. Because that happened with me once with my phone company, where like I woke up and had this email like, "Your device has been shipped." I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and you I bought got, a phone. and I was like, "Did I buy a phone late last night?" Don't remember doing it, but no, someone had hacked my account. And oh yeah, purchase a device, and luckily I intercepted it. But. I thought you were gonna say like that time that you got drunk and, and bought Metal Gear. Twin Snakes for GameCube. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't spend that much money on it, though. Yeah, that's not that. But it's like, I was like $165. And I looked at my, I like double checked my PlayStation account just to see if like maybe I was accidentally logged in on my mom's PS4 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And maybe they accidentally bought something. And there was like no purchases on there. So I'm like, okay, weird. And I ended up just calling PayPal and got it figured out. But I've never really been hacked like that before. It's a new experience. It's all it's all taken care of. They they ref- I mean that is obviously is something that happens to them a lot because they're just like through the touch teller. It's like press one for if you got hacked and somebody bought something. And I just didn't even talk to somebody. I just did it to the touch teller, and they're like, "Okay, cool, we'll refund it." So that's what happened. I wonder what somebody was buying. I was like, "What were you buying for one hundred sixty five dollars in the PlayStation?" They probably store? just on a spree, like like oh, three shit, games or four as games much or money something. As I can, yeah. yeah. And also, I'm loading up on. Uh, online subscriptions and stuff so they would have them built up yeah and and I, I barely i barely use the paypal so i was like how did you get it i don't know i heard that paypal was hacked like towards the beginning of the year through the whatsapp but i don't really use that app or have it on my phone so i don't know i guess it could could have come from anything but yeah it was kind of a scare for a second but thankfully it didn't like didn't make me go negative or anything like that it was just it was just weird but uh, the main the main uh, release of the week in between last week and this week has been Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light, which Jeremy you got that as well. I did. It's uh it's the original Famicom Fire Emblem game. Have you are you interested in this game at all, Nate? You said you were playing Three Houses. I'm thinking about picking it up. Um, similar to Dragon Quest, the first Dragon Quest I played was Eleven. Yeah, the release on the Switch, and I went. This game is great. Why have I never played any of these games before? So I kind of want to go back to the like beginning for both of them because oh, you should, yeah, yeah it's such a great experience playing these games that I for a long time I was like, oh no, I'm not, I I won't be good at that. I'm not going to play that, and now I'm like obsessed. How do you feel about uh Final Fantasy games? I really like Final Fantasy Nine. 
that is the only one I beat. And it was the one time we like begged our mom to get a PlayStation. Cause she was very like, you can have a Nintendo cause there aren't boobs on it. And so we were able to find <laughs> oh, She didn't play She didn't play the right games. They're in there. <laughs> it's but not no, as prevalent. What about killer yeah. instinct, man? That was what finishing move was boobs. It was yeah, the boob, no, was the boob move. <laughs> so yeah. So we got a PlayStation and we're able to get final fantasy nine. And then I, have re-downloaded that because it got released for the switch um but i played that and then i played a little bit of the online one on the playstation 4 uh, oh uh, four, four, 14 or... i think it's 14 yeah 14 yeah i was just curious about how your thoughts on final fantasy is because this is my like fringe opinion but i also think it's the true opinion i think i think that dragon quest games are better than final fantasy games that's i would have to agree based on my limited experience and Unpopular opinion. I also don't love the Kingdom Hearts games, which uh, I, I don't. Have I've never so. even I've never even played them. I mean, I, I played I played the demo of Dream Drop Distance on 3ds, but I yeah I have no idea what's going on in those games. I have no desire to know what's going on in those games. I watched I watched a friend play play like Kingdom Hearts one, and I'm like, this game does not look fun. <laughs> this battle system yeah. looks bad and. That's how I feel about those games. So I, I mean, played it's the just, first one way back when. Yeah. And frankly, I'm surprised that the oddity of you know F- Final Fantasy characters and Disney characters uh, meeting just didn't wear itself out 15 years ago. Yeah, and then people still want to see that again and again. Well, I think I, I mean maybe a lot of people played it when they were younger, but it seems like people are just like really they're just really hanging on to those Kingdom Hearts stories. I don't know. I think so. Yeah. Well, and maybe it's I, one of those I, games you had to be hit at the right time with it. And they like the the Disney part is what got me into it because I was like, oh, cool! I can like go to all these Disney worlds. And I played one, two, one of the ones for the Game Boy Advance, and then also I started to play three. And halfway through, I was like, I'm done with this game. And to get ready for three, <laughs> I watched a YouTube video that was like, all oh, things you need to know for Kingdom Hearts, and it was two and a half hours long. And I left that and was like, I'm more confused than I've ever been in my life. (laughs) There's too much lore. Like everyone gets mad because they're like, oh, Zelda breaks into all these timelines and no one knows what's going on. And I'm like, I can follow three splits in a timeline. I cannot follow Dream Dot Distance 5.23. Yeah, uh, 5.323 over 5 or whatever that one was. Like I'm, and these people who look like people who are actually that person. And I'm just like, I'm. I don't think I'm smart enough for these games. Not to mention, you have to see like 30 different movie series to have some sort of basis for all these different characters. Oh yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, it, it's yeah. I don't. I never really just. I never bothered with those. Those were not my my type. But but Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest is the actual first RPG for consoles. Like Dragon Warrior Chest, Dragon Quest One is the first one, and I think it's worth checking out. I think all of them are great. Like, I, like that's why I say that it's better than Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy, like four, five, and six are great. You know, people like nine, people like seven. But I think all of the Dragon Quest games are good. Like, I think they all have their own merit. And also, they don't, they don't really go outside of the turn-based of the turn-based battle stuff as much as Final Fantasy does. Well, because they pretty much created it. So I mean, it's that. So they have their own. You know, they have their right to stay in that and stay in that realm and. And I, I say, if you haven't played Dragon Quest, you should definitely play them. Especially 3. 3 is still considered, in Japan, to be, like, one of the best RPGs, like, of all time. Like, it's still in, like, the top five there. As far I, it's super influential. Like, people reference it all the time. 
like I was saying on the show, like I've seen references to it and like I saw it in Food Wars, which is an anime that was made like this year. They're still referencing fucking Dragon Quest three in there because it's so huge in Japan, you know? So it's like, yeah. I need to add the, those to my um, wish list too. Have any of you watched the movie that they ended up releasing on Netflix? On Netflix? I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. good. Yeah. It's visually, it's a little uncanny Valley, but it's visually, I was like, this is a really, cause again, back to final fantasy, final fantasy movies are okay. But this dragon quest movie, I was like, this is like, you can tell that they are like really trying to do homage to the actual like series. And so it was really well done. It was made for, I mean, it was made for people who have nostalgia for like, for Dragon Quest V that was on Super Famicom, you know the one that wasn't I mean, released here until yeah. later. It literally had like sprite sprites moving around at the beginning. I I, I love that. Oh yeah, it showed you. It actually showed you what had happened in the story in the Super Famicom game, like in the beginning of the game. There's a documentary. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. I could. I think I might have sent it. Sent a link to you to Jeremy about it. But there's a. You can find a documentary from NHK. It's like a Japanese news channel that they did on uh, Yuji Hori, the creator of Dragon Quest. And they kind of do the same thing where they use scenes from the games to like transition from one part of the documentary to the other. And it's really cool where they use stuff from the actual games. So it's, it's, it's really, it's really neat, but yeah, no, I, I definitely recommend those games. You can get one, two and three on switch right now. And they're really cheap. Like they're only like, even not on sale. I think one is like $5 or something like that. Okay. That's not too bad. So yeah, I bought all three for under 20. Yeah. I, th- I think three is like 12. It's a little bit more expensive, but I, yeah, I bought all three of them once too. And I think it was around like 20 bucks, something like that, maybe a little bit over. And they released all of them at the same time as 11, which is great. I just really wish they would release like the rest of them, <laughs> you know, like, same. and you can play all of them on Nintendo systems. They're just kind of all over the place. And I like a few years ago, like around the time when we started this podcast, I decided that I was going to try to play through Dragon Quest games. So I played, I played my original Dragon Warrior that I got for free from Nintendo Power. I played that on my NES and I beat that. And then I played like Dragon Dragon Warrior two on Game Boy because they did like there was a Dragon Warrior one and two Game Boy game. And then I played three on Game Boy Color. And then I played like four, four, four and five on DS because they were re released on DS. And then I played seven and eight on 3ds and i played nine nine was a ds game also and i never played six i haven't gotten around to six yet that's that's the one that i didn't play yet but they're all good i, th- I think they're all really good so if you it like six on super famicom yeah i have it on super famicom but it's not translated so it's all in japanese so and i have five as well on super famicom but once again it's all in japanese so mm-hmm. it's hard to play but i would like to play the reason i haven't played six yet is because i have the ds6 version but the Super Nintendo, the Super Famicom version is actually better. So I was hoping to buy a translated version. Like, because you can buy carts that are translated. I wanted to get that and just play it on my Super Nintendo. That's why I haven't played that one yet. But no, I think they're all great. And if you like if you like old school RPG, you know, like Super Nintendo, Nintendo RPG stuff, it's definitely worth it checking out. And it's nice to see, like, how they just kind of, you know, they really, like, uh, made the path for RPGs. Like, they, that was the first, first RPG on console was Dragon Warrior 1. And they, I think they were the first ones to bring classes into it, like before Final Fantasy did, because that was Dragon, that was Dragon Quest Three, Dragon Warrior Three, was the one where it, it made it to where you could change to different classes and unlock other classes other than that, and you can make your own team on that. And it's just it, they're really cool. There's a lot of really cool like extra stuff in there, and it's all like Akira Toriyama art. So if you like Dragon Ball Z, it's the same artist. So <laughs> you'll see 
a lot of similarities between the characters and that I think his uh monster designs are probably the best or the best thing in those games. His monsters yeah. look really, really cool. And they put a lot of detail in them. Like they did an eleven, but they did an eight as well, where like they, they have different death animations depending on how you defeat them and they just move really free really like fluidly and it's really cool. Well in the soundtrack too, like especially with eleven, I'm not sure about the other ones, it was so it was so cool to listen to while I was playing that game and it made me think like, okay, with Zelda, we went to that thing where it was like the Zelda symphony mm-hmm. and it, they like play through all the different scenes and it's really cool to like see it and experience it in life. Mm-hmm. Live. And I'm, I want them to do something like that for dragon quest. Cause I was like, I would go to that. That's that's, that was some quality soundtrack too. Yeah. I mean, they, they did like, I have a, I went to the, my wife and I, we went to Japan last year for our honeymoon and we went to like the Square Cafe, and they had a little like flyer saying that they like showing advertisements for a Dragon Quest Orchestra thing that they were doing. So it did happen, but I don't know where exactly. Yeah. But. Yeah. I went to a video game symphony in Chicago. I went to the Zelda one too, but one I went to in Chicago was in like 2005, and they, as I recall, they played some Dragon Quest there. Okay. And actually, they had um, also the guy from. The composer from from Final Fantasy, he was there, present at the show. Yeah, no, so they put a tribute to him. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I heard the um, I heard that the guy uh, Koichi, and he's kind of weird too. Uh, he's got some dark stuff falling on him. That's the guy who who created the Dragon Quest soundtrack. But supposedly he wrote that opening song in like five minutes. Is what is what I learned in the documentary. The thing <laughs> that's like dun 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 dun. You know, at the very beginning of all the games, he said he can't. He put that together in five minutes. For the first game, and I'm like, well, it's pretty impressive, and they still use it in every game, like you know, 50 yeah. years later, however how long it's been. But aside from that, the 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 Fire Emblem game is good. It's uh, <laughs> we had this whole I had to get on this Dragon Quest tangent, but no, uh, Fire Emblem Shadow Shadow Dragon and uh, the Blade of Light is really cool. If you're interested in the history of Fire Emblem, it's the very first Fire Emblem game. It's all fully translated. Uh, from what I read online, it's actually. The emulation is a little bit different. It's actually it's darker than the one that's on the on the Japanese Nintendo Switch online that you can get for free. I actually didn't have time to compare them, but from what I saw in this article, it looks darker. But it didn't really I don't know it didn't really bother me that much. But you can you can, there's all these like cool new quality of life stuff in there. Like you can save state whenever you want. You can uh, rewind like to each turn you want to. You can go back to any turn that you've done from the, all the way back to the very beginning of the match. So you can you can do all that like in case you fuck up. What I what I do is because this game, you know, the other fire Emblems, it would show you the stats, like tell you like how many times you'll attack and how much they'll attack you. They don't actually do that in this game, so it is kind of like a bit of a you know, a bit of like hit or miss thing. Like you might you're not sure if you're if you're going to be able to fight this guy or not. So what I do is I just like set my guy up to attack and then I do a save state. And then I attack him, and if, if it doesn't work, you just reload it till before you attacked, and then you can move your guy away. So that's, that's just basically what I've been doing for it. But uh, also, you need um, it's best to find like a wiki guide or something like that that will tell you like which character to recruit and when, because you need specific characters to recruit specific people at different times in the game. And when you get to the point where you get to choose who's in your team, if you don't bring that person that needs to talk to that other person, you won't get that person. So. It's best to like just have a spoiler free guide. And like Fire Emblem Wiki, I think it's fireemblemwiki.com or org or whatever. Uh, it has, you can just go look at the chapters and it doesn't say anything about it. It'll just tell you who's recruited there and you can click on their names and it'll tell you how to get them. That's just what I've been doing to play the game. 
But yeah, no, it's it's really cool, and it's and whenever you re, whenever you reload the game, it automatically just reloads whatever your whatever your save was, so you don't have to go through the title and all that stuff. And that's nice. Yeah, and and also you can change the speed. Like if you want to make it if you want to make it like double time, you can like speed everything up. You can like cut out the the fighting animations and stuff like that, like you would in later uh, later Fire Emblem games. What I've been doing is I just have it on normal speed for when I'm moving the characters around, and then I have double for when the bad guy attacks, and I just have that go quicker, you know, so it'll just kind of speed through it. That, that's how I've been playing it. And like I said, I've been save-stating before everything, when, whenever I'm not quite sure whether I can kill the guy or not. And then, you know, if you lose a guy, you can turn it back to the at the beginning of the turn before and then just... Mm-hmm go through it and try not to do the same thing. So, and there's 25 chapters on there. I'm at chapter six. So it looks like it's a pretty meaty package and it's only like $6. I think it's, it's pretty cheap. It's only like five ninety nine. It looks cool. I like how it looks like yeah. that classic Sprite style on the switch looks really nice. The Sprite animation is really good. And the, you know, the characters, their mouths move and stuff like when they're talking. So it, it looks pretty good. And it's from, uh, it's from 1990, so it's like towards the end of NES. So, so the you know the the sprites look pretty good for, for what they are. But I, I totally recommend it to anybody who hasn't who's played Fire Emblem or wants to just see what that you know Fire Emblem was always like that legendary series that like nobody knew about, and then like you know Marth and Roy showing up out of nowhere for Smash Brothers. It was like you know it's like what that commercial they did where they're like who are these guys, and then they do this whole thing. I would I would love to get the deluxe edition with like the with the giant game pack and all that stuff, but it's just, I, you know, it's not really, I'm not really able to just go around looking for stuff and I couldn't really find anywhere online. And it just seemed like too much of a hassle. Plus like COVID and, you know, and jobs and whatever, you know, everything sucked this year. So if it was any other year, I would, I would try to get that, try to get that, but I, I can't really. So, but that in itself, it's great. It's, it's, it's really fun. Like I've, I've really been enjoying it and you, you liked it too, Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, were you done with what you had to talk about for the week? Yeah, I figured we should take a break probably and then cool, yeah. come and back I can and come talk back some more. Give my impressions of it, which aren't much. but Okay, cool. Hey, you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! Wow! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. 
That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Domain. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Ah! Ah! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over! So we're back. Uh, Jeremy, what you been doing? Well, I thought a good segue would be that I've also been playing Shadow Dragon. Uh, shout out to you, John, and friend of the show, David Hutchinson, for your eShop credit. I used a little bit of that this week. You will. Yeah. So you guys all kind of got me this game. So, you know, your joint uncles or whatever you want to call it. But uh, <laughs> all of us. My cool uncles that work at Nintendo. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, I haven't really played a lot of it. I'm to the third chapter, but I haven't done like you, Trey. I didn't even realize there was like a rewind or a save state. So I'll probably restart it. But for for what it's worth, it's fun. Like I remember playing this on the uh, Dreamcast emulator. Oh yeah, was it? It was translated too, right? Wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was a yeah. fan translation. So yeah. I've played this game before, but it is pretty cool playing this like what you would almost consider to be a demake and even though it's not but it kind of feels that way compared to other fire emblem games cuz it's so basic by comparison but yeah it's still like a cool little strategy game that i think i could get into especially if i were to look at a guide as you suggested Trey um i think i definitely need some sort of help to to get me through it because it's fairly obtuse even with the quality of life improvements like as someone who's not super into Fire Emblem, I sort of get it, but because I know like the weapon triangle is not in this, right? Yeah, no, the weapon triangle. I don't think it showed up till like the second or the third one. But yeah, it's not. It's not like one weapon's stronger than another. I think that is being like a, a staple of the Fire Emblem game, so that's yeah. kind of weird. Well, the weapon triangle I don't think is in Three Houses either. Well, I wouldn't know. Yeah, just yet. But because they yeah, kind of, they but, kind of went away from that in like the past couple Fire Emblem games. Another thing that's really weird that they don't tell you is like what they don't tell you like the sword strength. So if you have two different swords, that you don't know. So I know iron is the lowest and steel is higher than that. I think it's iron, steel, and silver. So remember that whenever you're playing the game. And somebody in one of the if you go visit all the like different houses in the town, they'll kind of fill you in on that. That's how I found out about it. So, so it's sort of like uh, think about the ages of. Humanity and bronze is stronger than iron, or iron stronger than bronze, and blah blah blah, etc. Yeah, I, I just I was like, what is? I was like, isn't steel like like less than? I thought that steel wasn't as strong, but it turns out steel is stronger. So if you have anything steel, use that. Steel's an alloy. Well, so is bronze, but yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Also, this week I got Fire Emblem Three Houses. I haven't played a whole lot of it, but I I, I have written in here in my notes that I feel like the 3D controls are a little clunky, but I think that's just the way like it is going from between different 3D games. Like you're always just gonna have to adjust. Like I'm thinking about a great example is the newest Pokemon, Pokemon Shield. Like at first, those 3D controls for me were yeah. like, this just seems really like. I don't know, like really dated how this works. It just seems really like clunky, but yeah, that's sort of how I feel about the controls in three houses when you're like navigating the actual school. And and you don't, I feel like yeah. I want to pull the camera back. Like, why is it so close to my character? You know, I think you can change it a little bit as to how far it is, but I don't know how far back you can pull it. But I mean, it's, you don't really, you don't really need to like fight anybody in that. It's just traversal. It's just from, you, right. just, you just it's walk just around. It's just a conversational and, part of the game. Yeah. You walk around and find find items and give them to people from your whatever. That's kind right. of the so most, th- most annoying part of the game. I thought was. I think it's going to be like any other game with like a three D hub where you just have to become accustomed to the the actual layout of the the space, and then after a while, it's just second nature. Because it was even like that in Dragon Quest Eleven, where you would go to a new city and you'd be like overwhelmed at first, and then within an hour or two, like you know where everything is, you know where to go. So I'm just waiting for that sort of aha moment. Um, I've only put like maybe an hour into this game. Mostly it was just the story building portion. So I haven't really done a lot, but it seems cool so far. I mean, I really like the quality of the animation and the, uh, and the cutscenes and the, uh, the character design seems pretty cool so far. Um, I just aligned myself with a house. I didn't know what to do. Like I've seen so many different like suggestions. I remember early on, they were like, it was the golden deer. Yeah, I, I did. Go, like, I did Golden Deer, and uh, that was the thing I remember everyone suggesting. But like, I recently looked at it. And they're like, if you really want to have fun, choose the uh, the black one. Yes, the black one. That's the yeah. one I chose. I, I thought that you didn't actually choose them until way later, right? Or at least like, I thought it was Maybe more you than don't. an hour. I don't know because at the very beginning they kind of ask you, like at the very very beginning of the game, they're like, which one do you think you'll want? But that's like not, not the actual decision. Well, actually, the, in the beginning, the uh, you're talking to like whoever the celestial being is, and she's like, um, "What part are you from? Like, where are you from? What like region are you from?" And so I actually got online and looked it up, and it's like, well, each of the three houses like are yeah. from a different region, so I should do some research beforehand and then tell her what region I'm from. And that's when I chose the golden uh, deers or whatever. But uh it turns out like after I looked into it I wanted uh I wanted to, I thought the, the the kind of like what I saw this it was a polygon article I was reading where they're kind of like the Slytherin of of the Fire Emblem universe, you know, at least in this game. Was sure. the was the one I chose. So it'd be kind of fun to be like the bad guys, you know. Yeah, but I think I it's don't, I don't know. I I I I'm so I'm so close to the beginning of the game that I could just restart at this point if I end up like getting other advice. You you can always you can always recruit people from other houses that you like. Like that's basically what I did. I, I went with Gold Deer, but I pulled all the people out of out of the black one that I liked and had them. I think the game is a little join. overwhelming to me right now too because yeah. it's like, do you want to know about everyone? Yeah, and like gives you a description of everybody, and like I'm just like, do I need to learn who every character is right now? Like eventually, I will through experience know who everyone is, but like. I don't know. That part was a little overwhelming. So I think, I guess pretty much like I just got told that there's going to be a mock battle or whatever they call it, like mm-hmm. between the three houses in the school. And that's, 
as far as I've gotten. So I'm really not that far into the game, but and nobody will actually die uh, in the mock battles. Right. I actually have it set on easy mode too. So I guess, can you change it on the fly? I don't know if you can. You mean, like did you, you have it set to permadeath? Uh, I, 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 I always, I always play it with permadeath. I so can't, maybe I will yeah. restart it then. Cause I, I just didn't really know exactly how to approach this game. Like I've, I've heard enough about it over the past year and a half or whatever that it's been out, but never really kind of committed anything to memory. So now it's just like, well, here we go. Here's this game that everyone's been raving about. And I don't know the first thing to do. Yeah. It, do, it to, does like, have the best experience. It does throw a lot of stuff at you at the beginning. And it does ask you pretty, pretty early to like who you want to choose. And it's like, I don't know anybody, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you don't really know where to go, but that's, yeah, you're stuck with that. So. I feel like they have said, some of the articles I've been reading too, they're like, Hey, it's worth it to replay it. Cause everyone's different enough. Mm. You just have to know that you're going to sink like 40 hours into each house or each path, which is a lot of hours to sink in. But I like, that's, I think I'm only like five or six hours into the black Eagle path on the, the second go around. And it's sort of like path, expedited so a little bit at the beginning too, right? Like it's a little faster at the beginning. Yeah, once you once you kind of go through it, it's like boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to go by. And I have skipped a lot of the cutscenes because until you really get into like that house's story, everything is just canned. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, I'm happy I did. I'm still happy I bought it. It's a game I've been keeping an eye on for the past, you know, since release, waiting for a good price drop. So as far as I know, this was the lowest price it ever was with this two buy two get one free pre-owned game GameStop deal that I did so and so far I've been liking all the games I bought through that deal so I spent like I said it lot, or two weeks ago I think I spent like $52 including shipping to get this and Sonic Racing and uh, Catherine so I feel like I got a pretty good deal because I like all these games mm-hmm. uh, and speaking of which my beat of the week was Catherine I, can't I beat believe, it on yeah. easy mode though so. I, can't, I can't believe you got through it so quick I didn't realize well, it was that I'm playing short. on easy mode is easy mode shorter than hard mode hard mode it's not that it's shorter it's just that it's that much easier like um, basically what it does is it takes away one of the most challenging parts of the puzzles in that the bottom of the stage isn't falling out from underneath you oh okay so that makes it a lot easier because you can actually like consider your moves a little bit better and also well when you when you're fighting a boss it's kind of the same i don't think they really change it i think the boss just moves slower so i guess that is a change but you will still have to deal with like the boss coming up on you and catching up with you if you're not quick enough but that's never been a problem um i was able to take my time with each puzzle and really sort of like have a nice chill time with the game when from what I remembered playing on on the, the 360 on the original version I have, um, I just remember it being super stressful. But I also realized I was pretty close to the end on my 360 version. Like it took a really long time to where I was finally like, oh, this is the furthest I remember getting, which was the baby, the second baby, because you fight the baby more than once. Uh-huh. But I will say it's it's a cool game, but like that third character that they added. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that character. Like I understand. I don't want to give anything away, but it's still creepy. The character they added was, well, okay. So it's not creepy. I kind of said last week, I felt a little creepy about how that character was being depicted. And I, I guess in some ways I still feel that way based on initially 
how they play that character out. So have Nate, have you played through this? I, I know John and Trey, you haven't played the, the remastered version of Catherine. I haven't played it, but I know the story. Okay. Um, okay. Not my list of things played, but I know specifically the character you're talking about. It felt a little forced. I gotta be honest. It's like, I, I understand what they were trying to do, but it just kind of felt forced. And then yeah. I also felt like once you get through that character's arc that was added to the story, they really pretty sloppily write them out of the story. Like they're just not in there anymore. And then you're like dealing with the original, you know, between the two Catherines instead of the three Catherines. Well, and didn't they have to, I feel like for the U S remaster, they had to tweak some of it. Did they? Because of what, because in Japan, certain things can fly based on this character. Yeah. Don't doesn't fly in a United States version. I'm not really sure because I, I didn't look it up. So I mean, it took me by surprise the the little twists they throw at you. But um, like I said at first, I was like, "That's really cool," you know. Like I'm glad they're being inclusive and everything. But it also just kind of like I did not like the way the main character reacted. Like I wish I'd had more choice and like how his response was. And then also like all of a sudden the character's gone, and then you're just throwing through like a third party. Like oh, they're fine. Everything's fine now. Mm. And they're just gone. So that was kind of what I was like mostly disappointed with in the game. Like, I don't know. They had to, they, I don't know why they added the extra character, to be honest, what the point of it was. The character was really cool while they lasted, but yeah, once the character's gone, you're just kind of like, why was, why was that even necessary? But yeah, not to shit on, on the designers of this game or anything, but without spoiling anything, that's about the furthest I can go. Uh, and just say like it was compelling enough that I w- I would like to go back and try to play it on the harder mode again, and um, I also just I am curious to see if like my choices will change the ending because I thought the ending was pretty cool, but I don't know if that's the ending you always get, and I haven't done enough research to know if you can actually change the ending based on your choices. I, I want to say that there's that there's uh, different endings, but I don't know for, I don't know for sure, but I think that I want to say that there is because. You know, you have different people that will die depending on how you interact with them, and I'm sure there's different endings because of that, like your your bar friends and stuff. So, Jeremy, what's interesting too, what you're saying is about kind of the extra character and like was was that character needed? Um, I know I was reading an article by Dual Shockers um, from Dual Shockers from Cameron Hawkins, and he was talking about how Atlas has this terrible problem where they're like, hey, we're gonna re re-re-release this game and by the way here are like four other characters that we just kind of like added into the story mm-hmm. um and it's it seems like it's atlas's mo to just continue to do that and i don't know okay. necessarily why they continue to do it because it doesn't seem to be like it's always received super well i was wondering maybe say- it was something that was in intended to be in the original version and like something that would have been left on the cutting room floor but they put it back in or you know, and a lot of times when I watch movies and stuff and I see like the, the director's cut and I'm like, I, I know why that was originally cut out. Mm. You know. <laughs> yeah. That could, I mean, I guess that could potentially be the case with this character, but I don't know. It's hard to say, but uh, it's still a cool game, you know, and uh, I do want to go through it again, I think on a harder difficulty, but for now, at least I'm happy to say I've gotten through the game and I've seen the full story and, I think like all the cutscenes are really cool and the, and the actual, like, um, you know, the fully animated stuff is, is wonderful, you know? And I guess Atlas d- 
has done a really good job in the persona series i'm not super familiar with it but you know in having high quality like animated scenes and stuff you know like hand-drawn animation that's wonderful in this game so i think the the story of the game and it's how it's a kind of a cool horror movie kind of concept and maybe like even a psychological thriller to an extent i think it was worth the cost of admission especially the 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 amount i paid for it with the with the spent with the deal so yeah that was my beat of the week though catherine um what what was what was the time on it did it take you like i feel like you like i think it was like four hours yeah it seems so short and if, and like four I, or five hours, yeah. I bought it when it I bought it brand new, and I felt like I played it for a long time, and I still didn't beat it. Well, it didn't have easy mode. Sure, yeah. Maybe I just got stuck. Yeah, on it, but. easy mode was added with the remaster, and uh, it changes everything. Like it's like it really is kind of like you. There literally is an autoplay option that you can choose where you don't even have to ever play the puzzles. You can just hit a button, and then it plays them for you. Mm. I didn't do that, but it is an option. So they really just were kind of like. All right, here we're going to hold your hand and get you through the story because that was the most important part of the the game. I think was for you to see this story, which is a very interesting, you know, video game story, like about cheating on a partner and whether or not you're going to be honest with them about it. Like, that's a pretty cool concept that you don't really see in a lot of games, and kind of does make you question your own kind of morals when you're asked choices about things and stuff, you know which this game does with like the, I explained last week, it was like everybody votes. Like you get these binary choices, but then you kind of see how everybody else has answered to it. And it kind of makes you like think a little bit about your own, <laughs> the the way you think about things, I guess. So it's a cool game for that reason. It challenges your real world ideologies to a certain extent. But uh, yeah, moving on from Catherine, uh, Sonic Racing, which is the third one I bought on that black Friday sale. Um, I'm to the point where I'm like uh, doing these challenge modes where you have to like drift to get more time and stuff. Yeah. Some of those are really hard. They are. They're really hard, but it's teaching me the controls. So I think it's a pretty cool game so far. The, the animation and the graphics are really nice. And I like that you can just totally skip the, the cut scenes because they don't seem very important. Oh, I didn't even know they were there until halfway through the game. Yeah, because <laughs> I I didn't even know that they were that there was like voiceover cutscenes in the game until mm-hmm. I had already almost beat it, and I'm like, okay, there it is. Because yeah, you have to hit a button to see it, like a different mm-hmm. button. So I've just been going on my way to kind of skip all those and yeah. just play the racing part. And yeah, you really don't need. It's to a know. pretty fun game yeah. for what it is. Like, uh, especially since we don't have a new Mario Kart yet, not counting Home Circuit. Yeah, it's nice to play something else that's got that same sort of spirit of being a kart racer and and uh it's fun yeah it, it definitely, it's got familiar yeah. characters in it. it it felt really familiar to me like the the whole uh control did you know mm-hmm. compared to like when i got crash team racing which that one was not familiar at all <laughs> you know it's like completely different but this one kind of felt more like a mario kart style game so yeah uh, not super far into it i'm in the i'm in the second world in fact in the story mode and i haven't really tried anything else out in it it's so cool. I also got the Tetris 99 theme. I think we talked about that already. I mm. uh, did want to mention, I don't have any Sakata update this week because I didn't play it. Uh, I may have played it like one or two times, but I'm actually feeling pretty overwhelmed by all the games I have. And that's a game that I think requires some like devotion, like some serious attention when I'm playing it. And this week just hasn't been good for that. So 
I'm still planning on trying to finish it by the end of the year. That was my goal to to see credits in Sakuna by the end of the year. But we'll see if that happens or not. It's such a weird game, and I'm kind of sort of stuck again. But luckily, there's online guides to help me get the get past some of these challenges. That's most of it. But I guess one last thing worth mentioning is that I played a lot of Hades this week. And, surprise, uh, surprise. <laughs> Surprise, surprise, but I think I had kind of like cooled my jets on it last week. But this week I played it a lot because something happened, something clicked for me this week. And I started beating it a lot. And I beat it six times this week. So I Oh wow. So yeah, that's why I said eighth times the charm. Um hold on, I want to back up real quick for Catherine. So when Catherine and I uh had this conversation, uh as you know, the main character is you know, cheating on his girlfriend or whatever. That's sort of like the whole plot of the, of the story. And at one point, you know, spoilers, whatever, he sort of like catches on to a a hot tip that maybe she's cheating on him too. And it's with this guy named Steve that calls him and starts threatening him on the phone. And I don't know why, but for some reason, like Steve is one of the funniest names in my opinion. I don't know why it just cracks me up when I hear Steve and game the game setting, Especially and they like literally Japanese, and they literally yeah. had this really long conversation at the uh, at the cafe one day where he's like, "Do you know Steve? Who's Steve? I mean Steve." And like they just keep saying Steve over and over again. I'm just like <laughs> sitting here laughing, like even though I don't think it's meant to be completely funny, but yeah, she eventually is just like, "I don't know any Steves," and I think that was what my that was my quote at the beginning. <laughs> I said, uh, "Like I said, I don't know any Steves." Like he's really like hounding her about, "Do you know this Steve guy?" and She's like, no, I mean, I'm probably no us, Steve, but it seems kind of like whoever you're talking about is probably not the Steve that I know. And they just have this really long conversation about Steve. And I just wanted to make sure I covered why, why I said that at the beginning. Sure. It was a little... But anyway, Hades, this week, I, for whatever reason, I, I, I crossed some sort of threshold in it. I don't know if like something clicked in my head where I understand it better or if I've just upgraded my weapons enough to where I'm at that point where... I become OP, but I, I beat it five times in a row. So I got a streak of five times and um, got all this new conversations and stuff based on it between the characters. So it's been pretty fun. I And I started like clearing out all the stuff in the fates book. Like some of those things where you have to like, for instance, you have to get out with every weapon. You have to beat it with every weapon. Uh-huh. That's the main reason why I have so many wins this week, because I decided I was going to beat it with every weapon. So I've done that. And I've started like going through the individual weapons and upgrading them as much as I can. And uh, yeah, at this point, it, the best way to describe it is like the end of a, you know, think of like a great Final Fantasy game or not Final Fantasy, a great Castlevania game, like Symphony of the Night's a great example, but like anything on the Game Boy Advance, Circle of the Moon, Aria of Sorrow, Harmony of Dissonance, even going on to like Dawn of Sorrow and uh, all that stuff. Like portrait of towards the end of those games yeah. where you're just like super OP and you're just like shh, shh, just like flying through everything, killing everything, and you've got like bullets shooting everywhere or arrows or whatever that's hitting everything on the screen, and you really don't have to do much besides just run from left to right. That's sort of how Hades is starting to feel for me um, because I've upgraded so much and I've got all these boons that I'm getting that are better because of things I've done through the mirror of, of night to upgrade my like chance of getting rare boons and stuff. So yeah, that's where I'm at in the game. And it's become even more addictive now because now I'm just like 
I want to like level. I just like want to like maximize all the all my weapons and like level them all up. And I want to get everything in the uh, in the book of the fates. And I want to like do all this stuff. And then I want to like get all the contracts to free the different prisoners in the underworld. So mm. yeah, it's gotten like I thought that I would like want to play less of it now. And something happened where now I'm playing it every day again. And I actually have a couple of times where I've just sat down and played through it like multiple times in a row in one sitting. So still really loving this game. And (laughs) yeah, still playing as Nate was saying earlier, like the Greek mythology fix that this game offers is just so much better than any other game I've played. Like thinking way back, like even like God of war, which one was it? God of war. Well, all of them, but yeah, especially like God of war two really focused on like, Kratos going to kill all the gods or whatever, but he and, but he uh, doesn't. That was well, he, <laughs> right. Thought, he doesn't. But like that was the closest I can think of to where I was like, this seems somewhat accurate, like yeah. in how I would think of the the gods being. But you're going to kill them all. Whereas I really like in Hades, where you're just like having having a chat with them, you know, and like getting to know them and yeah. and uh, learning a little bit more about their backgrounds and and also eventually feeling like you're deceiving them a little bit, which is pretty fun too. Because you're like, they think they're so high and mighty, and I'm like, totally like going under their noses here. Mm. So, have you done any of the romance options yet? Yes, I have. Okay. So, so yeah, I've got Meg. I've done the. I've I've shipped with Meg. I don't know if I can with anybody else. I haven't tried, but I know there's two other characters. I didn't know if you were able to like, if once you chose one, that was it or not. So I don't know that for sure, but I I I always want like. Once I found out Meg was an option, like I was like, she's the coolest anyway, so that's who I want. Even though Thanatos is pretty cool, like Meg was just the one that I was like, that's the very first boss in the game I ever beat, and I can ship her. Hell yeah! Yeah, I like when you have to battle. You always get to that, and he's like, okay, not one of the sisters, and then it ends up being someone else. Like I think that it's just the humor in that game is just so good. Yeah, I'm still seeing unique dialogue uh, from time to time, and yeah. For almost and the like, whole story yeah. of like learning more about the actual, you know, plot of the game, like learning more about Hades and his relationship with Zagreus's mother and everything, like that's still like opening up for me, like as I keep getting through it over and over again. And then it also gives you the option, you know, like I've said previously, like once you finish it, you can make it a little harder to like try to get more rewards. So I've started like pushing those difficulty levels up. And it just makes the game even more fun because you're like challenging yourself based on the exact parameters you want to use to make it harder. So I'm still getting my ass kicked in this game on the, on a regular basis. But if I load up any run on totally vanilla mode, I'm just going to dominate. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, I mean, that, that's how I was for a lot of games. Like, uh, like uh, Dragon Quest 11, I did the same thing where I like would, I got everybody to a hundred to level 100 until I couldn't level up anymore. And I'm like, I'm destroying everybody. And then I go and fight like one of the mega bosses and he kills me in mm-hmm. one in one round. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> so that's, you know, I've, I've no, I did the same thing for Xenoblade for, for definitive edition. I was playing around with that with, I didn't get to level hundred, but I got really, really strong, but still I found a mega boss that I couldn't beat, but yeah, no, hopefully I'll get up there eventually. I still have fun just like just playing through it just cause I feel like it controls really well. And it's a lot of I fun to play and all it's that. It's so much fun. Yeah. And it's, it's like you were saying, Trey, like I'll be like feeling kind of like overwhelmed looking at my game menu of what I want to play next. And I'll be like, I'll just play Hades. Cause I know I like it. And 
there is actually an option, you know, where you can put your, you can give yourself a time limit, which for me is like totally like counter anything I stand for. I hate the pressure of a time limit, but it actually is fun in this game to give yourself a time limit. Like a score attack type thing. Yeah, because yeah, because you're only you're competing against yourself, and you'll literally die if you don't finish it in time. So you have that ticking clock where you're like, I have to, I can't think about my decisions. I just have to keep going, and that's really, really fun on its own. So the game is highly customizable in that regard, and I think that's why it has even more depth than, or yeah, even more depth than I thought before. That uh, that I'll probably still keep playing this for a while. I expect it. I figured you'd play it till the end of the year and beyond. And beyond. Because you like it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's cool. It's, I'm really. Hades was a fantastic value for a game, and I think it's, it, it deserves all the, the acclaim it's gotten. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how much it wins at the awards, which will be, you know, this will be posted after the awards already happened. So you can laugh at whatever happened, depending on what we, what we think. But I, I think Hades will win some stuff. I mean,. I'd be really surprised if it didn't. I mean, everybody seems to like it a lot. So, I still don't think it'll get Game of the Year, but I think it's going to win at least a couple of categories. I mean, it's been nominated for so many. Like, yeah. If it just got completely like shunned in every category for which it was nominated, then that'd be weird. I would, I would think there was some sort of conspiracy or something at that point. Sure. Yeah. But that's pretty much been it for the week. Um, cool. Just as an aside, I tried playing a little bit of Clubhouse Games Chess because I've been watching the King, the Queen's Gambit. And it made me want to like play a little bit of chess. And you think you're, and you think you're good at chess, chess now? <laughs> Everybody no, seems I to su- think they're I still good at suck chess. at chess. Everybody thinks they're I good. S- at I sort of that. understand what they're talking about in that show, but I still suck at chess. I haven't seen the show, but my upstairs neighbor, uh, Jason, he was talking about that online about how all of a sudden he got really good on online chess, like on one of those like iPhone apps, because everybody thinks they're good at chess because they've been watching that show. He's like, yeah. oh, now all of a sudden, he's like, now I'm, all of a sudden I'm winning because all these. I'm in the latter category. I'm one of those people that yeah. thinks they're good at chess because I watch that show. Yeah, no, he's saying he was winning all the time now, like more than normal, because a whole bunch of people who don't know how to play chess started playing chess online. Yeah, yeah, because of that show. So, so his so his uh, his kill count like went up. You have a kill count in chess. That's what I think. I mean, you're, like your win, your, your win count. Side. I mean, you are killing people in the game. You know, <laughs> people got to die. You take them out with your queen. Well, for me this week, so I went back to playing uh, Saints Row the Third. I guess I was just in a rambunctious mood, so it's a good game. Uh, wanted to mow some people down, you know, and that's the game to do it and on the Switch. Yeah, I, I agree. I like it a lot, and the tr- the trouble is, as with all these types of games, is I can't stick to the actual story. Like I just keep diverting off to do whatever I want to do. Sure. Um, I did try to do some of the assassinations though, and I got one of them. So a little bit of progress. The the story is pretty good though. I mean, I, I played through, I almost played through the whole thing on PlayStation, but I think like my something happened with my PS3 and I lost like the it got fried and I lost all the memory, so I never finished it. But I got really close, and I thought the story stuff was pretty fun. So if you get tired of doing the other stuff, it is it is fun to do the regular game in there as well. But the big game that I went back to this week was Super Liminal, and I actually beat the game. Yeah, I figured you would. Yep. It's, it's it's only supposed to be only a couple hours long, but yeah, I think I kind of took my time with it, and I, I don't know what my total time was. I want to say maybe it was six or seven hours. And man, that game is great! Like as much as I liked it from the beginning, it just kept getting better and better. And the final act is well, I should I should back up for a second. 
So I don't know if I ever if I explained it the last times that I was talking about this game, but the conceit of the game is that you are in a dream the whole time. You're dreaming. Mm. And you go to this, you, this, the game starts with you, first-person perspective, watching TV, and you see a commercial late at night for the Somnusculpt Dreams, Dream Therapy Center. You go to sleep, and when you come back in the game, you are in the dream, and you have gone to this therapy place, and they're kind of walking you through how to, how to lucid dream. Of course, things, as you progress start to go awry, things go wrong. And it just kind of devolves into this like crazy mind game scenario where things have sort of like, you know, you you have an expectation that something's going to happen and then something sort of like it happens and it twists a little bit this way, that way. It's, it's one of the best mind benders of a game that I've ever played. If you want like a really trippy mind bending experience, this is one of them for sure. I mean that in the best possible way. It's just, and it gets t- toward the end where things really get out of control. Um, it becomes like really artful, like really thoughtful and just like a kind of like a beautiful transcendent experience. Things become more, more dreamy, less realistic. And it'll make like, these little recalls, little callbacks to earlier in the experience, but it'll just be a little bit different, a little bit more dreamy, a little bit more twisted. It, it never stopped surprising me from the beginning to the end. So this is like one of the high, one of the best games that I've played this year for sure. Yeah. It's, de- it's definitely on my list. I'm, I'm waiting for it to go on sale again. Maybe I'll check it out if I need to play a shorter, a shorter game. You know, shorter games are always good when you're stuck in too many long ones. You know, you need need a break. It's also a game that I really want to play in VR, and I looked at, I looked it up. It's like this. I'm like this has to be in VR. It's on Steam. You can get it on Steam. Yeah. And I couldn't find a VR version, and somebody commented that they thought maybe it would be impossible to do because of the, the trick of the game. Yeah. yeah. Because of the perspective and the, the changing sizes. They could probably. I don't know. I don't know anything about VR, so don't listen to me. There would have I'm to be like, some well, sort of snap do in the 3D depth of field where it would go from being small to suddenly a large three-dimensional object instead of just being distant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you know nothing is impossible. You know, you're making a video game; you can do whatever you want. But uh, it would be very difficult, maybe, to pull off that perspective trick. But it had me like thinking, like in real life, like looking around my apartment. Like if I were to grab this. My razor that's on my desk over here. Like, what, what would that look like, look like in VR? Like, could I grab that and then put it over here and it would be huge? And would that, like, work in, the, in a VR system? Yeah, I think it could. I think it could somehow. It's one of those games that just makes you, it's like, it, it pops up in my mind throughout my day. Like, it's very memorable. And like Trey was saying with Doom, I was actually dreaming about it, which was really trippy because it's a game that's about dreams. So I was dreaming about a game yeah. that's about dreams. <laughs> yeah. It's like a dream within a dream within a dream or something. Yep. Yeah. We've it's all beautiful. dreamed about our video games recently. Yeah. Well, I mean, anything. It was weird that I was dreaming. Yeah. Cause I had just played Doom Eternal for the first time. And most of the time, I don't dream about games until I've played them for a while. But it was, it had, it was just in my mind, I guess. I was still hopping around and trying not to die. Yeah. I too was playing it right before bed. And cause I should also mention that it's a very relaxing game. Mm. 
it's like a perfect game to play just when you're trying to wind down at the end of the day. You're thinking about these puzzles and everything, but it's got this like nice peaceful music. I think it's got one of the best soundtracks that I've heard all year. It's mostly piano based, uh, but it also gets like in the, in the times when it really starts to, to twist, it amps it up and becomes this like cerebral intense experience. It makes you, it made me lean forward, like toward the television, like, cause the music is like, Oh, so tense. And all these weird things are happening as I'm walking down these hallways and everything. Um, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's some funk I in there. It. I, one What's of the, that? one of the last episodes that we did, I had a song on, on there from super liminal and there's like a funk song also. Most yep. of it, when I was looking through the soundtrack, there's a lot of uh, piano stuff. But there is some Mostly like piano, yeah. more upbeat funk stuff that I used for for it. I figure it's like a more intense part of the game. Also, I found like we were talking about. I think I found that uh, the the song that Jeremy was talking about without v- lyrics, just because I was looking through Hades soundtracks and I found like an early access soundtrack and it had like five different versions of that song. So there's like one that's just vocals. There's like a humming one, mm-hmm. and then there's like one without the vocals. And I sent you the file. To, I don't know if that's exactly what you were looking for, but found something similar to that. But yeah, super liminal. It's, what was it? A friend of the show, Janet was talking it up on Twitter as well. as like a really, really cool game. It's very cool. Yeah. And so, if you have a uh, steam, you might consider getting the steam version because it just came out a couple of days ago with uh, a level editor. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's nice. Cool. So there you got, you got a beat for the week right there. That's, that's I did. Super, super liminal. Cool. Yeah. That's it for me. All right. Well, uh, we can cover we can cover some news stuff real quick here and be done. There's not a whole lot to talk about. Here is the news. I promise you it's the news. Uh, we talked about a big big releases for the week. Uh, Doom Eternal came out for sixty dollars. All that stuff. Also, when the Fitness Boxing Two is out. Poyo Poyo Tetris Two is out now. I saw I know, that yeah, and that price point is just not friendly to me right now. Well, what I would do is buy Poyo Poyo Tetris One and see how that yeah. one is. Because uh, it it doesn't I don't well I mean I'm sure there's some extra modes but they had a story mode right story mode was in the first one the, oh, there was, was there's always a story mode yeah okay it 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 wasn't really I probably didn't talk about it because I bought mine I imported mine so my story mode was all in Japanese so I couldn't really tell what was happening but yeah there is a story mode in the in the original one uh but I mean you know I it's I thought the first one was really good like even even with not knowing the language. So I would say just like see how much the first one is, and it might you know it might have like dropped in price because of the because of the sequel and just that's what I'd I would say. say. That, uh, check that out that Switch event we went to. It was like I'd say Zelda was the, the most fun game we played, but then I think Puyo Puyo was probably the second most fun we had playing a game there. Yeah, it definitely had a big effect on us when we were playing it. We were mm-hmm. like, oh wow, this is really cool because we were playing like the best, probably the best mode on the whole game. Well, it's not the best mode. There are some other ga- modes that are cool, but the one where you like go in between uh, Puyo and Tetris, like back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it keeps playing in the background while you're playing one and you switch and, and you can like do combos on the other person, depending on which it, it's really cool. There's another one where it's just, where you just do like Tetris after Tetris after Tetris. Like that one was really cool too, which I remember we figured that out when we were doing the Midwest gaming classic thing. But no, I, I, uh, I recommend just like seeing how much, how much the first one is. Cause it might be, you know, it might be cheaper. It's gotten pretty cheap at time. It's uh twenty. The Puyo Puyo Tetris one is half the price of two. So I say if you're really itching to get it and you don't want to pay forty, just get the first one. You know, play around with that. 
Uh, also, Ghost Runner is now officially out, finally. That was that one that had that weird, that, where it was like out, but it wasn't out. This is one that I'm definitely thinking about. It's the one that looked like a, kind of like a first-person Katana Zero, where it's all about like jumping around and ninja moves and stuff like that. It looked like a cool thing that I, that I was looking into. So they're at twenty nine ninety nine. So there's still there's still a decent amount of sales on there. Uh, I'm I'm expecting. You know what? As far as stuff as the video game awards go, I think there'll probably be a sale as well. That that we might see a sale drop, like right like right when it happens on Thursday too. So that maybe that'll be the maybe that'll be uh included with the Christmas sale, or maybe it'll be a separate sale. I was wondering. Yeah, are they going to do two separate? But they've done that before. They they yeah. they have done it where they where they do a sale during the game awards. So I'd say be on the lookout for that and maybe not buy anything yet. In the meantime, uh, do you want to talk about Glover here? Or yeah, that's a game a lot of people like. I've, I've never played for myself, but people might be excited to hear that. Um, well, it's rumored that there's going to be a Kickstarter for uh, a Glover re-release. And this comes from Pico Interactive, which picked up the rights in 2017. And they've teased re-release in the past, but now they've started asking their fans for thoughts on stretch goals for a possible Kickstarter. I have, I actually have Glover on 64. I picked it up at Midwest Gaming Classic and uh, I didn't really get to play it that much, but I did get it because yeah, people really talked it up a lot and I wanted to check it out, but I would definitely buy it. You know, I'd buy it for Switch if they, if they re-released it. So I'd be in on that. I think it would be great. I, I remember playing that game a long time ago and it was really fun. And I think in terms of interesting Nintendo games, we've gotten re-released. Um, that could be one that I think could be a really cool one. And I think that there is enough people who would back a Kickstarter for that. I'm, I mean, I, I love 64 re-releases on Twitch. I'm still waiting on chat on shadow man 64. I'm, I'm going to buy that shit whenever it comes out, but it's, they need uh, to do a chameleon twist. Oh yeah, yeah. I would play the hell out of that game. I still feel bad that I never beat Turok Two, but Turok Two gets like so complicated towards the end. There, I want to go back and do it, but that getting the final, getting one of the final keys for that final weapon is stupid. Like I looked at how to do it, and I'm like, I can't do that. That's ridiculous. That it was like too hard for its own good. But yeah, no, it's I like seeing 64 games on the Switch. Shame. I want like uh, Mischief Makers. That'd be cool. Oh, I love that game. That game was really cool too. And I never bought it for Switch. I just rented it and played it and really liked it. And I always wanted to buy it for at one of the MGCs, but I never found it. So, or any of the yeah, Mystical Ninja would be cool. Either of those would be cool. That was a treasure game. Was a Mischief Maker. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the Mystical Ninja is great. I'd love to play Mystical Ninja One again. It'd be cool if they did a updated release of that i thought i saw konami like talked about that at some point or at least they like mentioned the mystical ninja brand in one of their tweets or something like that it was like a little tease just bring it to the uh yeah give us uh the one on the super nintendo or if you do to bring the 64 to the virtual console let's see it yeah i'm surprised the super nintendo one hasn't hasn't shown up in the nintendo switch online stuff it's a fantastic game i want i want all the uh I want them to release all of them, like the Super Nintendo one, the Super Famicom ones that didn't come out here, which I bought some when I was in Japan at the Super Potato. And they're cool. They're totally totally playable. You don't really need to know what's happening in the story to be able to play them. But they have like you have like mode seven, like giant robot fights in, in there. It's really cool with uh, Impact, which who was in the 64 one. But if you play, I think there was like three sequels on the Super Nintendo that didn't come out here. But I used to play them on an emulator in college and they're really cool. 
Like they look really good. They play really well. And there's like full on 3d robot fights in there on super Nintendo. And it looks great. So they should just, I would love them to just do a collection of those super Nintendo ones. What about, uh, do you think they'll announce rare replay at the video game awards? That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> He's still holding out for that one. I'm, I'm still holding out. I mean, once, I, once Cuphead happened, I was like, anything could happen. I mean, well, I'd love, I'd love to see it happen. I, I don't, I've kind of given up hope on it, but yeah, it'd be great. Mm. It'd be great to see that rare replay. Do you want to talk about what's the Scott Pilgrim news? Yeah, Scott Pilgrim got a release date, so it's coming out on really January soon. 14th. Yeah, I didn't remember if it, I guess it must have happened in between episodes, but yeah, an official release date. It's another thing like right at the beginning of the, of the year there. Do we know yet if there's online play? Has that been announced? I don't know. I don't remember. That I don't that know. That would be yeah. really cool if there was. I th- I think it was in the trailer. Uh, Yeah, it, it would be nice if it's there. I don't know. Let's just hope that it is. Also, the author it. remarked that he is working on getting a physical release, so we won't have to worry about it going away ever again. Yeah, I figured that was... Oh, gotcha. I figured somebody yeah, was I gonna... still don't trust physical, physical releases. <laughs> Is it going to be like really a box don't. with a code in it, like a like a lot of? I mean, or even with the cartridge, you still have to like download and update. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Yeah, that's that's what sucks about those. But uh, as a, as a little thing to sit on your shelf, you know, mm-hmm. that's still cool. We talked a little bit about Persona Five Strikers earlier in our episode, but yeah, it has an official release date. It's coming out on the twenty third of February. Just with all those other games that are coming out, <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. if I could see myself purchasing that. Along with like like I said, along with Bravely Default and Monster Hunter and everything else, I just I don't know. It's I you know it's it's supposed to be a good you know a good Muso game, much like Hyrule Warriors, but I don't know. I just want a regular Persona, and I'd be fine with just playing like Persona Three or something like that, or four, any of them. Put them on Switch. I know it's like some sort of exclusivity with Sony, but I don't know. But Prince of Persia. Is uh has been delayed till March. Yeah, it's still not confirmed for the Switch, but yeah. I think we all know it's probably coming. But it's it's being delayed until March eighteenth. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it was like there, and then it wasn't there, and it was there, and it wasn't. There. I think it's still going to happen. It was a GameCube game. Come on, it should be on there. Yeah. This is. We should talk about this. It's not really a Nintendo thing, but it's just amazing. Warner Brothers officially has no faith in next year, so. They're they're dropping all of their movies on on their streaming service, HBO Max, the same time that it goes to whatever mythical theater is still th- showing movies at the time. And it's Wait. pissing off some people in the industry, right? Oh, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan's a fucking asshole. He wanted everybody to come out and risk their life to see his dumb movie. Like he didn't really seem to care about. Was that his movie? Yeah, Tenet. Tenet. Yeah. yeah, he was trying to. He was trying to get. He thought uh... that he was going to bring everybody back to the theater. Because his fucking bullshit's going to get everybody to come out. I don't Is he know. the same guy that's got the viral video about him being an asshole like, on set? Or am I thinking of somebody else? I mean, I, I worked, thinking of Christian Bale? I'm thinking of Christian Bale. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I worked with Christopher Nolan on Dark Knight, and he was really nice to everybody. I just, okay. I, I, this is just really soured me on him. Just him being like, I don't know, just being so adamant about his movie still coming out, even though we're in the middle of a fucking health crisis and people are dying left and right. And it's like, dude, come on, don't. Like, don't even. Just like... Just fucking just release it at home and just shut up, you know. So he w- he yeah. is. It's basically expected that he would lash out to this yeah. decision. Okay. And he any bad mouth HBO Max was HBO Max has actually become my favorite streaming service during the quarantine. So fuck him. He doesn't know anything, man. That that's actually my favorite out of all of them because 
for a while there, they like had the best fucking shows. Like it was like they had like four or five shows, like really, really good, like back to back happening. Plus, there's like a shit ton of movies on there. They have a whole bunch of like classic movies and and among other things. And and I'm really excited about watching uh, Wonder Woman on the 25th on Christmas. That's gonna be badass. I'll watch it for fucking free. I don't have to pay more for it like uh, like Disney Plus did. Is that like eighties Wonder Woman or something? Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, the first Wonder Woman was take took place during World War One, so this one is later. But yeah, Wonder Woman eighty four is coming out, which is Wonder Woman two, is is uh, which was supposed to be huge because Wonder Woman one was huge, but they're just like <laughs> they're just like fuck it, we're dropping it, and then they're like, and we're dropping everything else too. Matrix four. Well, I mean, yeah. it's it's World like Combat. it's like all these movies that I would have maybe paid money for, but now I'm happy that I don't have to. Aside from like my ten dollars a month that I pay for HBO Max, but it's like, mm-hmm. but yeah, like yeah, like uh, more, like, I actually get HBO for free through my phone company. Yeah, you get HBO Max for free, so so you mm-hmm. have it already. But yeah, I'm like bummed uh, about Godzilla vs Kong because I feel like if there's a movie that needs IMAX, yeah. it's Godzilla and King Kong being the shit out of each other. Like Wonder Woman, I'm selfishly glad because I've been waiting for this movie since COVID hit. And I'm like, all right, we need sure. Wonder Woman, we need Wonder Woman. Other ones, like, it'll be nice to see Mortal Kombat. But Godzilla versus King Kong, like, that's the one where I'm like, oh, that's that's the one where I'd want to see that on the screen. Uh-huh. I'm going to bet a bunch of these movies that whenever theaters do eventually reopen, 2022, whatever, these movies will be like special engagements. You want to see it in a the theater? We're going to run it again. They're going to come up with something where they can squeeze even more money out of these movies because they they know people want to see these movies. Without a doubt, they'll re release a lot of movies. Get his panties out of the twist. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I mean they'll they'll do it whenever everything comes back up. They'll they'll reshow it, but they'll call it a remaster or something and get people right. to pay for it again. Well, I mean, and like Wonder Woman kept just getting delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed, and now it's just like fuck it. So that that's what's happening with that. And we're gonna do uh for the other show. How is it now? We're gonna do a Patreon episode about Wonder Woman. So about oh, cool. eighty four. So that'll be our thing for that. They announced some that. casting for the uh, uh, Metal Gear movie. Isaac uh, Oscar Isaac is gonna play Snake. <laughs> Yeah, that movie's gonna suck so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Oscar Isaac's cool, but Metal Gear is a movie. I don't think so. It's gonna be bad. I mean, well, most you know, I, I'm just kind of tired of the. I know they want to like they want to break this like equa- They want to figure out somehow how to make a good uh, video game movie, but but Metal Gear itself right. is like a lampoon, or but Metal maybe Gear it mean is, to be yeah. a lampoon, but it was like a. Oh it yeah, yeah. Like it's playing off of, a lot of it's playing off of movies. Yeah, of movies. Well, I mean, it's, it, it's it, like with a bunch of these these games that become movies. Like Tomb Raider was Tomb Raider because it was it wanted to be the Indiana Jones of the video game world. Sure. So it's just like, and Hitman, same thing. You, Hitman was about wanting to play a violent action movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. name any one of them, right? And so it's just like a retread of a of a stereotype now that they're making it back into these movies again. They they just need to re-release Ron Howard's Grand Theft Auto from like 1970, and, and it, <laughs> might, it might have even been before that. But yeah, just release that and tell everybody it's a video game movie. And I don't know, throw a backdraft in there too. You can have yeah. both movies. <laughs> yeah, you're going to fight fires. And- yeah. No, it's a uh, yeah, a lot of it, or like Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat was like based off like B movies. It's like a B movie fighting game. Even like some of the characters from Little Mortal Kombat look like trauma characters. So it's like, like especially that guy with the flies that he threw at people. I don't know, but I mean, what whatever. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm interested how much 
about Matrix Four could be unique at this point because there's so many things that have drawn inspiration from the Matrix and like I don't know. It's just like what can it do differently at this point that hasn't already been reimagined in and, video games and film since. And and also, do I have to force myself to sit through two and three to before I get to four? We, well, we also have to play Reloaded. <laughs> I played Reloaded. It was terrible. Uh, no, we Jess and I we tried watching two, and it's really bad. Like we, we turned it off about twenty minutes into it because it's not good at all. Nothing, barely anything happened. So, uh, Nintendo registers trademark for Eternal Darkness. That makes me feel nice. I mean, I don't know if they'll anything they'll ever do anything with it. If they would at least like just re-release it, that'd be cool. That was a. But there was a difference. It was like a couple months ago that they. Um, there was some similar news that came out. The difference is that now with this news, uh, this is an actual res- registration and not a request for extension of time to file a statement of use. Uh, so this is like a little bit more serious. It, so it's, it's, maybe, maybe this is signif- this signifying some more attention happening. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it, it seems weird. Cause didn't the company like pretty much like fall apart? Like they're not even really doing anything anymore. Oh, yeah. They've been gone. Yeah. Like, so Yep. So they haven't been. I mean, they. Yeah, I don't think they've done anything since like two humans. Nintendo just that owns was, the uh, property at yeah. this point. Yeah. So I mean, and I know like there was a Kickstarter for Eternal Darkness two that was supposed to be in episode form, and that, that fizzled, really flopped. And that fizzled out. So yeah, it's like mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Uh, we already talked about the Animal Crossing update. Um, Reggie, Reggie will be at the Game Awards in some fashion. He's going to announce Mother Three, that. of course. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about that. His body is mostly ready. He's a little older now. I guess we can uh, we can end with this. Uh, have you guys been keeping up to any of this like Nintendo hatred going on on Twitter as of right now? I don't now? completely understand it, to be honest. Well, there there was like a there there was like a modified Joy-Con that somebody was selling for um for like for a benefit for like a benefit yeah. to raise money raise money was- for a. Yeah, for like a, like a is it like a wired Joy-Con or something. No, it's a regular. Joy-Con. Well, so it was Etika. Remember the YouTuber who committed suicide yeah. last year, and his thing was he had the Joy-Con boys. That was his followers. So they they printed up these uh, Joy-Cons. Or I don't know if they printed them, how they made them. They made these Joy-Cons these shells. Uh, with the shells. Yeah, yep, and we're selling them for charity. And I think they made ten thousand dollars. And Nintendo shut them down. Yeah, so that's one of the things. Yeah, the other things doing... I don't understand about the why Splatoon was mad. Well, because they, sh- I guess they like spoke out against it or something, and then Nintendo canceled their shit too. That's sort of what I gathered. So yeah, I don't completely understand it, but it was like one of those things where like the Smash community was pissed, so the Splatoon community tried to kind of like support the Smash community. And Nintendo was like, "Well, fuck you too." Then Mm-mm. that's sort of what I've gathered. Yeah, I saw people comparing them to EA and like just getting really, really angry at Nintendo. Yeah, I can see honestly like why they would shut them down though. Like, not to be insensitive, but it's just if they let anybody make their product and they put out this uh, fundraiser that gains some kind of you know, press and all that stuff, there's confusion. As to what is that Nintendo doing that, um, you know, so I can see why they why they shut it down. I understand from a business standpoint, yeah, yeah. It seems like it's like 
where I don't know where were the what what happened here? Like, was there ever a point where they the charity reached out to Nintendo? Was there a way they could have done like a a, a partnership with like D brand or something and done like a skin for the Joy Cons? I don't you know. know. What I mean, like the the, right. the yeah. The first thing I saw thought when I saw it was somebody made a functional Joy Con and Nintendo got mad and sued them about it. That's what I was thinking. Oh, one that didn't have the drift or whatever. That's what I'm saying. I was hoping one that they made one that didn't drift that would actually work. And they're like, fuck you. You can't sell that. See, my <laughs> thought was without doing any research, just seeing that they were not cool with the Joy-Cons, I thought maybe somebody did like a hardwired Joy-Con because I know that's, I think with Smash Tourneys where they want hardwired controllers for yeah for to, lack of for delay and all delay that. And stuff. Yeah. So that's what I, I guess I kind of just assumed it was like some sort of like hacked together Joy-Con to make it. Uh, zero lag or whatever, which is seems to not be the case at all. So I just wonder where like, could, did they try to reach out to Nintendo and Nintendo wasn't cool with helping them out, and so they had to like circumvent the system. Like, I guess I'd have to do s- some more research, but yeah, Nintendo's definitely uh, pissing some people off right now, and, and they do this from time to time. Like, you just see that they're a company that's very, very. Uh, they just shut up yeah. their properties yeah. and they're going to do what they got to do to, to, to keep their money where they want it to be. They want you to cease they, and desist. They, cool. they do this thing too, though, where they're very protective, but almost kind of in like, it's almost too reactionary. Cause I feel like, wasn't it one of the emulators for something was an emulator of a release. Wasn't it an emulator that like someone else had like built or someone else had like helped build well, supposedly, yeah, supposedly the original Super, Super Mario, Mario Brothers on yeah. Wii was an emulated version based on something a fan had made, yeah. I mean, wasn't wasn't like a Super Mario Sunshine even an emulated version as well that was on 3D All-Stars? Like, I recently, so. there was a thing I about that, too, so, true. yeah. But I think the actual, like, firmware or whatever that they used to run, the original Mario, like, Super Mario Brothers, like, somehow, like, in the source code they found you know, going all the way back to the nineties or whatever, to the original emulation of it. And they just on YouTube, I think it was like two days ago, they just took down a bunch of videos that had like soundtrack right. for Nintendo games. Yeah. I mean, they kind of do that anyway. Like when, uh, when the fire, when fire, when fire Emblem three houses came out, I had a really hard time finding the soundtrack of that on, on YouTube because it was, they had blocked everything. So I ended up just recording it directly off my, cause I wanted to use it in the episode, you know? But I just yeah. I just recorded it directly off my Switch, and that's how I ended up doing it. But most of the time, I always look for soundtracks and stuff to use, and and that one like you could find nothing, like nobody had anything up anywhere, like they had pulled all of them. So it's happened before. I don't know. Well, if, and they freaked out that people were live streaming Hyrule Warriors because yeah. they were going to do all day streams, and so they shut that down really quickly. Uh, um, the the music, yeah, yeah, the music thing is really annoying because there is no. There's no alternate way for you to like buy Nintendo soundtracks or anything like that. So it's not really. Yeah. If they offered Leaving that money on the table, I mean, if they offered that, sure, I'd mm-hmm. pay for it. But I mean, you don't. So I mean, it's good that people are putting shit on YouTube, so people like us can take it and use it for our podcasts or whatever. You know. So I mean, that's that's how I feel. We yeah. haven't we haven't gotten a cease and desist yet, but we're not on. I don't really put all this stuff on YouTube. That's where you get a lot of the, a lot of the. Um, Copyright and stuff of, like that. A lot of the stuff I put up gets flagged for our uh, live recordings and stuff. So sure, yeah, no, but it, it's yeah. not like we've tried to monetize anything. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it'd always be like 
or sometimes it'll like automatically take it out or it's mostly about mm-hmm. licensed music that they really get upset about right which we we've noticed that sean and i have noticed that with our karaoke streams we've done on twitch even though we're using like a legitimate um product that we've paid for to use for our karaoke versions that we use like it'll still like selectively pick like one or two songs each stream to just completely mute the audio yeah that's on twitch that's not youtube it it did the same thing for me on twitch when i was doing video game dj stuff it Mm -hmm. would just randomly uh not randomly but there would be some that would be muted and it would and it would be hard for me to tell like one time it was scott pilgrim one time and another time it was a song from uh, super mario 64 and like yeah, it's I don't know. It seemed it seemed random to me because I, I think could it's never really predict it. Doing the doing the work. Yeah. Well, I think it's strange to me that we're in 2020 right now, and it's not like say it is with with a big movie. Anytime a big movie comes out, soundtrack is available, guaranteed. Yeah. Why is that not the case for every one of Nintendo's games? They just don't. They just don't do it. I mean, in. In Japan, you can buy you can buy buy CDs of it, but that's more there than here. And it's weird because mm-hmm. like almost, if I feel like almost every indie game you can find the soundtrack of. It's like you want the Hades soundtrack, you can buy it. You can buy it on CD, even. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, or you want, or like any, you know, like Project Warlock that I was playing, I could find that soundtrack easy. You know, you just go and look it up, and you can buy it for like eight dollars from the dude. You know, I feel like everybody, most of the indie guys are all selling their stuff, and the other ones aren't like as much. Which is a shame because it should be available to everyone. Okay. You know, it's I don't understand why Nintendo has to be a dick about that. But yeah, I think I think that's enough for episode two hundred and forty nine this week. Oh, there was one more one thing I wanted to say, which I'm excited about. I don't know if anybody else cares, but this will help. This will help you be more excited about the AEW game, John. Whenever that happens, if it happens on Switch. So Let's hear it. so last week. On on AEW, it was a winter is coming. It was what it was called. They had a, it was like kind of like a pay per view event, but on TV. Uh, I forget who was fighting, and in the middle of it, the lights go completely out. Everything goes completely black, and then on the screen, it's and then the screen comes up, and there's like snow coming down, and it says Sting. Sting is in AEW now, so that means that Sting Sting will be on the AEW game whenever it comes out. And okay. I, I was so happy because I was a huge Sting fan when I was in high school. By the way, he's fucking sixty-one. I want to see how well he can wrestle on here. But Chris mm-hmm. Jericho's fifty. He's still he's still wrestling. So whatever. But uh, I was. It was like I, I was so surprised that I didn't hear anything about it because it was like I watched it last night, and it was a week old, and I figured it would have got spoiled through Twitter somewhere, but I didn't know about it. And then all of a sudden, boom! Sting was on the fucking. He's like wearing his. He's got his crow makeup on. He's wearing a trench coat. He's got his baseball bat. His hair looks like. Doesn't look like it used to. It kind of looks more like it's all like dried out. It doesn't look like it used to in the nineties. But I was so happy to see Sting again. I'm like, yes. And Sting never. He apparently he never succumbed to uh, the WWE when they bought out WCW. He's like, fuck you. I will never work for WWE. And he like retired then. Well, he went and did a t- different federation that was aside from Did from uh, Japan or something. Now he was in a TNA wrestling is what it was called. Jeff Jarrett started it. He's a wrestling guy who actually saw his house. He lives in Tennessee. But yeah, no, Sting. Sting is in uh, is in AEW now. And that makes me happy because that means that whenever that AEW game comes out, hopefully it comes out to Switch, but it'll be like the NWO WCW game. Well, tour, yeah. We will have Sting in there. I actually, once for again. whatever reason, I just looked up. Um, oh, I, I remember what it was. I, I'd, I'd looked up something. About the Crow, which is one of my favorite movies on YouTube, 
and then it started feeding me the algorithm, <laughs> all sorts of stuff <laughs> yeah. about the crow. And one of the things that came up was Sting's debut in the WWE. So I watched that because I've always like, I've always had a little bit of resentment. He, he wasn't. He, he, uh, he, he was, basically he totally lifted the crow. He wasn't. Like, he wasn't on. He was in. He wasn't in WWE. That's what I was just saying. Uh, that, that, excuse me. WCW. Well, Sting, and it wasn't his debut either because right. Sting was actually a. Re- he'd been wrestling since '85, and Sting yep. used to just wear a face makeup. And he had short blonde hair, but when the crow came around, yes, he adapted. He basically stole the crow persona, and that became his thing. Yeah. His debut in the, in the WCW. You ever seen it? You mean his debut as the like crow? The sting. moment that he that he entered in WCW as his his sting character, crow. Is his yeah. crow sting? I mean, yeah, I watched yeah. a lot of it. He used to fall from the rafters, like they used to lower him down from the ceiling. On, on to, well, his under his the ring. debut is like it's like a. a like a Mad Magazine parody. I mean, a Mad Magazine. It's like, it's like a, it's basically an alternate take on the opening monologue from The Crow. It's got a, a like a teenage girl reading this sort of oh, mystical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he was really into it. No, I, I, I watched, I mean, I was into The Crow and WCW at the same time. So I was just like, I was like, whatever. I don't care. If he wants to pretend to be The Crow, cool. You know, it's like, I like The Crow. Awesome. And he ended up, he kind of like changed his makeup a little bit, but he still really mm-hmm. look like the crow. But yeah, right. enough about that. We didn't need to talk too much about wrestling, but, but Nate, thank, thank you so much for staying with yeah, us thanks. for, for as long as you did and for hanging with us the whole time. Let people know again where they can find you on the internet and all the stuff that you guys do. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys. This has been wonderful. Um, this a lot of, a lot of good information, a lot of fun. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Nate pretzel, like the food. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on YouTube, it's youtube.com slash borderline entertainment and twitch.tv slash borderline entertainment. Cool. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was a pleasure to have you guys or have you as, uh, as well on here. And I'll, I'll tag you on Twitter whenever I post this, which will be on, which will be Friday afternoon. So check that out. And, and if you want to find more of our stuff, we're at Nintendo main podcast.com. Uh, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Nintendo main podcast. If you donate $1, you'll get access to all of our Patreon stuff, and that's including uh, Nintendo Main and How Is It Now. And How Is It Now is a show that I do with my wife where we talk about older movies and how they are now. And as I said before, we're doing a Patreon episode about Wonder Woman 84. So if you miss when we used to talk about new movies, we're going to do that as a Patreon episode. So so check, so check that out. And also uh, YouTube.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Um, Twitch.tv slash Nintendo Main Podcast. I stream... Late nights, Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Um, I will have maybe already streamed a VGA thing by now at this time. So we'll see whatever happens with that. But next week is our 250th episode. So we're going to try to do something a little different. So be excited. We're going to count down the top 250 Nintendo main episodes. <laughs> That's all of them right there. Well, we're going to do each of our personal countdowns. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I thought about maybe doing a top five favorite moments or something like that where I could actually play some of it for the show but stay in suspense till then but yeah we've been your hosts i'm trey johnson jerry mikowski john nitter and our special guest nate pressler and thanks again for being here man and thanks everybody for listening to us we will see you next week see ya you
your place for Nintendo news and Nintendo stuff from your Nintendo friends. I don't I totally screwed up <laughs> this beginning. Um, we are your Nintendo friends. You're, 